Three, two, one. Hello and welcome to episode 56 of Ruse Radio. We are back at it again with a very special guest, another returning guest. Special guest, could you please introduce yourself? Mystery King Reed, guys, the greatest. Um, <laughs> I came to the podcast to see Ruse. This is our second. Yes. And um, man, just seeing how the room updated more and i just been seeing your growth, your consistency, man. I appreciate that. I just want to say I'm proud of you, bro. I've been seeing them TikToks and all them verses stuff, man. I got to get on my back. (laughs) Now, dude, when I do those videos, I'm hoping that other rappers pick up on it. Because, like, Mm -hmm. there's a couple people on TikTok that are kind of doing that kind of thing. But, like, even them, a lot of what is happening on TikTok is, like, Mm -hmm. The, the they're doing open verse challenges. Usually that's what I'm doing when you see those videos. Yeah. So I'll take, for those that don't know what we're talking about, uh, mm-hmm. there'll be a beat that's put up, and then they're basically letting you use the beat. They're, they want you to. They're saying, uh, usually it's an artist promoting their song, maybe it's mm-hmm. a producer, and they'll put the beat up, they'll say open verse challenge, and so then what most people do, what most rappers do, is they'll just fucking duet it like any other TikTok. They'll just grab their headphones, and they'll rap into their headphones, and yeah, that'll be the video, yeah. which is cool, and that can work, but, like, no. No, you go crazier, man. though. No, we going crazy. And what do I have a fucking camera for if, I, if I'm not going to use it? What do I have a microphone for? What do I have mixing skills for if I'm not yeah. going to use them? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's just the best way to demonstrate your talent. And I feel like if you're an artist that does shit yourself, yeah. that is, like, a no-brainer. Show that, yeah. And, and, but, you know, like I said, a lot of what you see is just people doing the basic thing. It's them just rapping into their headphones. And even a lot of the people that uh-huh. are doing the rapping thing, they are not going all out. Like, you yeah. got to treat that thing like a song. Yeah. You got to mix it. You got to master it. Right. Yeah. And that's why it sticks out to you. Yeah. Because yeah, I absolutely. put in the work, you know? Yeah. But, dude, go for it. You got to get out you. your comfort zone, man. Yeah. I got to get out of mine, you know? I'll be, I be watching you. Yeah, that really be inspiring me. I'll be talking to my fiance, fiance Case, and, um, I just be like, man, he you see he downtown, you see he over here, he over there. And I'm like, Case is just like, how is he is he rapping loud? Like, no, like he recorded that. Like, he, <laughs> he, he he mixed that. He got that together. I'm like, and I got all that at home. But I just be I just be caught up in my schedule and stuff. And if you if you they say if you love something enough, you'll you'll make a way. And I definitely have been growing my passion back. That's a whole conversation, bro. Yeah. About how I was discouraged with music for a while. But I've been falling back in love with music again, and I've just been making so much time for it again, you know? Yeah, man. Usually I'll fall away from music in some way, shape, or form. And then I'll... I don't know. I, I, I fall away in a weird way, where it's like I fall away mentally, and mm-hmm. like usually I'm still doing shit, but like... You know, with the TikToks, it helps because it ha- it gives me a simple yeah. goal and I can do it. But there's been periods where I haven't made music for a little while. And the thing that always brings me back is I'll post something old that I made or I'll post even just, just something new that I just yeah. made. And then people comment and people respond and you get that genuine feedback. And it reminds you just what you started making music for in the first place. Yeah, That's usually what brings me back is yeah. just some humbling <laughs> reminder Um and it could be anything. I think what's beautiful about art in general is that butterfly effect of it. Like, what is it that uh, what is it that brought you back to music? What is it? What what's, let's let's start from the beginning. What took you away from music? What do you think caused that? 
Okay, so I was falling. I, I was in the falling state is what I think of it as. Um, <clears throat> I was just, I was stressed out, you know. I was stressed out with uh, with, with my job and my and, and going back to school because I was uh, I always wanted to go and get a degree in school, which is what I was doing um, like a couple years back. But I had stopped going to school, and I, I wanted to go back to school because I had the dying passion to get a degree. And now when I first went to college, I was going to college as a music major. Mm. But when the COVID happened, um, I kind of dropped out, and I never went back to be a music major. I ended up going back to college this past winter semester, January, but I started in December. And... um. I went back for computer science and engineering. Interesting. And I didn't like that at all. Well, I didn't like that. I'm sure you've heard the, what's the statistic. <laughs> like, I, I can't even remember what it is, but everybody changes their major. I mean, that's yeah. that's what I was quite a few times. Yeah, yeah, it's the majority. I think it's like 80 percent of people change their major quite yeah. a few times. It's crazy. Yeah. So when I when I had scheduled my classes, I had scheduled my classes um, to be full time. Because I had planned to take less hours from work. Mm. So I can do more school, do more music and all that, and kind of, like, live my life, you know. And um, also church. Church takes a big... Church takes every weekend I have, you know. So it's a, it was just a lot going on. I ended up getting a promotion at work that required me to push more than 40 hours. After I had already got my classes together and everything. Yeah. So now I'm a full-time student. I'm a full-time employee. Um, church takes up every weekend. Um, you know, I'm trying to spend time with my fiance and keep her happy. Yeah. And I just didn't have no time for music for real. You know, I just, I just didn't have much time to write. I didn't want to write no more. I never had time to record. And... The money was getting to my head. It was just like, I'm going to just hang it up, you know? And I didn't necessarily want to quit, but I, I knew I would come back, but I didn't think it would be for a while. And um, that explains why I haven't dropped music for real lately. You haven't seen much of mystery in a while. Because, um, yeah, so, but how I came back <clears throat> is because... I was having just talks with people that are close to me, like um, my friend Mario and Jay, and I would talk to Case, um, my fiance, and they were they were all pretty much just telling me the same thing, like you need to just do what you love. And Case said something very powerful, like just the other day, she was just like, she said, um, you won't find peace in where you don't belong. So, like, man, lately, i just been having this passion for music back because i I just been thinking, like, this is where God wants me to be. Wow. You know, I wasn't doing, I went, to, I went back to school, but I didn't go back to school for the right reason. So, I ended up dropping a couple of my classes that I didn't care for, like Microsoft Excel and stuff like that. Oh, no. I dropped that stuff. Now you'll never be able to use Excel. <laughs> Right, it's it's just a YouTube video, you know what <laughs> right. I mean? A YouTube but, video for ten classes over yeah, ten weeks, right? Yeah, it's just one video, but oh goodness, 
it's crazy how the school system works. But uh, what other classes did you drop? I also dropped uh, ASL. Okay. I was taking ASL as an elective. Mind you, I was taking 18 credits. Okay. You know, I took a mini master, which is like a 10-week class, you know, or 14 or whatever, summed down to three weeks. Oh, damn. So I, it was very accelerated. Um, I passed it, though, but it was just stressful. You know, I was just doing a lot. I wasn't seeing my family anymore. I got my brother talking to me saying, like, I feel like you don't want to be around us. Like, what's going on? My mom said, you always leaving when you here. Like, I was just never home, you know, because I just, the time I did have to myself, I was trying to get that to case. So, all that to say, I was just very, very busy. And it was hard to even make time for music. It pushed the desire to want to make music out of me. And, um... After a while, it just kicked that I need, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. That's why I'm not having any peace. So I dropped a couple of my classes and um, I, uh, I started, I started having more time and I just gave more time. Um, I'm going back to school. I'm switching my major back to being the music major. Oh, snap. So like, I'm just really going to risk it all. Cause when you have degrees, we're going for degrees that aren't guaranteed financial stability. Families don't really support you. No. You know? Like, my family really, really didn't support me to be a music major. I don't think families generally support music in general. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the was, whole thing is just... Yeah. Like, it really... They really don't. Like, you got... When it comes to music, man, to make money off of music, you just really got to... Stick to the process. Yeah. Just stick to the process. Stick to the process. After a while, you're going to get seen. You're going to be heard. You're going to be booked. You know, you're going to be tipped. Like I like to think gotta... of it, it's got to be very similar to getting an acting gig. You know, like, can you imagine being in L.A. and your competition is everybody? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's the same type of market where it's like only 1% of people get anywhere with it. But yeah. Those are the people who are trying that hard. Yeah. So it's unless you get super duper 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 lucky. And that's why you can't even blame the family members for not yeah. being fully supportive because they're kind of being realistic. Mm -hmm. But even if, you know, I know you're talking about like, you know, acting um, as a part of getting booked for like films and things like that. If you love to do it, you can make your own skits. And yeah. You know, like that's a great point. Like the, the day YouTube and age we're channel. in now is a lot yeah. different than it used to be. When you, yeah, when you really think about it, it's not that hard to. It might be that hard to get rich, but yeah. it's not that hard to get publicized. No, it's not that hard to make a viral video anymore. It's not that hard to, you know, be in the face of everybody when the world is on social media twenty four seven. So that's how I look at it. The same with music, you know. If you making music that sounds like, I don't know, mumble rap, for an example. If you're making mumble rap music, then that's going to be hard to stand out in that. But if you do something that you know is original, start doing something you feel is unique, try to have your own sound or take different styles and make your, your own, experiment, 
You know, you're raising your chances of being heard and being successful off of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was talking to somebody the other day, and we kind of came to the point in the conversation where it was like, the best artists seem to be the ones that find themselves first and then integrate other stuff afterwards. Like, if you're just automatically starting out trying to sound like these other things... You're going to just sound like you're trying to sound like other things. Exactly. Whereas if you're the person that found your own voice and then you start to pull in from those other things, you you become yeah. so much more creative. You, yeah. you just have so much more flexibility even. But yeah. you have to, it's like anything, you got to find yourself first. Yeah, which yeah. is not easy. No, not, not at easy. all. Not easy. Um, I, I watch a lot of interviews Yeah. of rappers. I watch a lot of interviews. Of them just saying, uh, oh, that was nice. Yeah, I know. I completely forgot to turn that light on. It it's makes it feel more now. like a studio in this bitch. Oh, yeah, bitch, it you know? good. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, that made me lose my train of thought. For those for the audio see. listeners, we just turned a bright-ass light on in this room. <laughs> That's what just happened. <laughs> um, okay, yes. I watch a lot of interviews, and I honestly, like, you, you know who Hobson is? Oh, yeah. So... I watched a Hobson interview, and he was just talking about how... Well, it wasn't an interview. He was he was just on Instagram Live, actually. His but, Instagram Lives are <laughs> great. <you see> <laughs> yeah, the ones he does with Token are unmatched. Yeah. Oh, my God. Did you see I met Token? No. No. Yeah, I met Token. Wow. I, uh... uh well, I'll get to that in just All one right, second. So you're talking about Hobson. <laughs> we're talking about creativity. Hobson was like... He, he sounded like other people. Bad. Like he said, he sounded like Andre 3000, like bad. Snoop Dogg, bad. I remember Kendrick Lamar uh, sounded like, I think he said he sounded like Lil Wayne. Like, and it's true. Bad. If you listen to early Kendrick, it's, it's yeah. like you can tell that he wasn't, it was almost like he was trying to be Lil Wayne. Yeah. 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 So you study, you know, you know your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So it just, that's, it's. It's inevitable, man. You you're gonna like attract to what you listen to, and when you make music, inevitably you're gonna make music that sound like what you like. But just through doing it, you're gonna get better at the craft, and eventually you're gonna start implementing what you can inside, mm. you know, into the music. You can't do it yet because you're still getting better. You know, but once you get better, once you get to a certain level of just proficiency when you're writing, like it's going to or not writing or just acting or, you know, playing the instrument or just anything, you know, a comedian. Like once you just get better in your craft, you're going to start to be more of yourself because now you can do it. Yeah. Does that make it sense? It becomes intuitive. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what's really it's almost like you enter a flow state. Because, yeah. like, once you're in that flow state, there's just so much more room. Just leg room, I feel like. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, I, I mean, I'm lucky in the sense that I don't think I've ever really struggled too much with that. But I see a lot of people where it's like, you can tell they just haven't found their thing yet. And that's fine. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's almost necessary for a lot of people to go yeah. through that process of, like, like, I mean, and even like we said, like with Kendrick and Hobson, yeah. like those guys went through that yeah. and they were dropping shit publicly while yeah. they were going through that phase. You can still find those songs. Yeah. So yeah, uh, there's no shame in it. It's just like, you know, you, 
and, and also I think it's a process too that never ends. Like you're still always finding your own voice because your voice changes and art changes and it grows. It and develops, evolves. Yeah, like I'm yeah. sure the mystery music that you're going to make now is going to be way different than what you had made before because yeah. you're not the same person you were before. Yeah, it sounds different. Yeah. You know, I've, I'm two years older. How, when was that last? Oh, I was looking actually. It was about two years ago. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, late 2020 is when we did that episode. So Late 2020. Yeah, I'm, I'm two years older, man, you know? So the more you grow, so this what grows out of you. Yeah, so, yeah, that's a great way to put it. And I think that like yeah. art is this beautiful thing in that way that it builds upon itself. I like to think of it as like a mountain of art that's always growing and it's mm -hmm. always becoming something bigger. And it's always bigger than itself too. Like mm -hmm. each little song is just like a peg on the mountain. It's just one little yeah. thing. So it never really represents the whole. And yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's fun about it. I mean like you know, uh, there, there's, and it goes for every artist. Like, there's somebody might like your song you made three years ago and not like your music now, and they're not wrong. But like, mm -hmm. you might like a band how they sounded ten years ago. That's the cat. Stop, Margo. Stop. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She thinks she can just destroy my house. That's what she thinks. So, and she literally she doesn't want anything. She just wants to enter this room and then exit this room. That's what she wants. <laughs> So, stop treating, dude. Stop treating your cat like that, man. No, dude. No, dude. You don't understand. She's she likes it. She likes that I yell at her so that she can do it again. It's a it's a terrible cycle. I wish there was something I could do. Like I could I could get scratching. It's a posts. terrible cycle. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to fix it. I really don't. Like I go, Margo, please stop. And then she just looks at me, and then meows again. She wants me to yell at her. That's what she wants. Oh man! And, and like, I, and don't get me wrong. It's like I'll be nice to her. It's not like I'm always mean. Like I'll come up to her, I'll cuddle her, I'll pet her, I'll treat her nice. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. It's never enough. It's never enough. <laughs> Is it a female? Yeah. So you can't ever satisfy them. No. Now if they have human, a cat, yeah. a dog, <laughs> right? they never satisfy. Exactly. I don't care if it's You're, an ant. That's a great point. Maybe if she was a boy cat, we wouldn't have this problem. Yeah, you gotta get the you gotta get the boy cat. Uh, That's what it is. At this point, I'm stuck with her. <laughs> I'm stuck with her. She ain't going anywhere. Man, I didn't look up the lifespan of cats before I bought that cat. So I mean, I, I'm only halfway. It's it's dude. Don't even get me started on my cat. Oh my Man. god. Her, I think her her which her calling in life, why she was sent to this earth, is purely to. Uh, make things harder for me. And I love her. <laughs> I love her so much. But like, oh man, I'll be having a nice calm morning because she hasn't gotten up yet. You know, uh, a good two hours and then all of a sudden, <laughs> she likes to use that couch as a scratching post so she's not allowed in here. Oh my God. Dude, I'm a dog person all the way. All the way. Really? Yeah. I was just about to ask you that. I'm like, do you ever get a bad rep? Because... You're a man with a cat. Oh, I dude, I mean... I love cats. I, I'm going to say it right now. I hate dogs. You hate dogs? Uh, yeah. I, I don't hate them anymore. Okay. When I was younger, I hated them. Why? I didn't understand the relationship that people have with pets. How much they love them and cherish them like they're their own children when I was younger. So I didn't look... I didn't know that yet. So I don't hate them anymore because I respect pet owners. On a different level. Now yeah. that I'm older. But when I was younger, bro, dogs just did not like me. Dogs just chased me. 
I got scars on my legs and stuff. Like, I just, I can't. I, I own the dog. I think this was the dagger in my relationship with pets. Is I owned the dog, and the dog was just so mean to me. Like, oh, damn. I couldn't even feed the dog without him, like, just barking heavily. Like, give me my food. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, I don't know. It just ruined it. It just ruined it. I never I never liked dogs. But now that I'm older, I don't hate dogs anymore. I want to make that very clear. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely been around some dogs by now and had, you know, and petted them and stuff like that. And they weren't so aggressive with me. But you're so. still a cat guy. Oh, all the way. Yeah. 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 I just like, okay, so I can feel that. I can understand that. But, like, how did you not, you never had a cat that was aggressive? You never saw a cat that, because I feel like aggressive cats are almost worse than aggressive dogs. Aggressive cats will fuck you up. Like, <laughs> my, my aunt has a cat where yeah. you go to her house, and if you, that cat's like, she'll fucking, my, my aunt has scratch marks on her arms from mm. trying to hold it, and it just claws her, it just destroys her. Really? Yeah, it's an aggra- but that's the cat's personality. Like, it just likes yeah. to hurt people. <laughs> Isn't that, like, it's more unlikely to have a cat like that? Maybe. Maybe you're right. I just I just think that, like, you got a bad impression on dogs, but someone could just as easily have a bad impression with cats, too, right? Because, like, couldn't evil cats ruin your... For me, it wasn't that. To me, it's, like, just the general behavior of dogs and cats. I used to say that I prefer a dog or a cat to a dog. And then, like, the more I live my life, and maybe having Margot has not helped, right? But I just feel like cats, they, they're so... Dogs don't do the things that cats do. Cats are diabolical. They're too smart for their own good. Dogs have blind love. They're stupid love. Like, that's, that's what they've yeah. got. Whereas cats, like, if you're not nice to a cat, they will not like you. And they will make it clear they don't like you. And also... If yeah. a cat wants something, they will manipulate you into giving it to them. Like how Margot will walk around and meow and do all this. She just wants attention. But she's doing all of the things she doesn't have to do to get it. She could just walk up to me and rub on me. I'd like that. Yeah. But no, she's got to make a scene. It's like, stop, please. It's like if she's trying to get out of the, um, she's trying to go downstairs and the yeah. door's closed at night. Because, I, you know, I pay bills, Margot. So she wants <laughs> she wants to open the door and let all the cold air in. So I tell her no. A cat will be smart. A cat will just start gagging until you open the door. Like cats come up with shit. They'll be like mm. eh, 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 eh. and then I'll be like, "Oh my god, now I have to let her out." And she's playing mind games with me. Yeah. Now not all cats are like this, but I will say that cats are are j- dogs don't do those things. That's not a dog activity. Yeah. The dog goes, "Ah, whatever. Human says I have to, so I have to." See, I didn't know that side about cats. Oh, dude. Uh, yeah. I, cats always, in my mind, they're just like, they're just so chill, you know? You've but, gotten lucky. <laughs> That's what I think. I think you've gotten lucky. You just, yeah. just wait till you get the right cat. I think you'll be on my side. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> we'll have you back on in two years and you can tell me. <laughs> oh, wait. Man. But, like, dude, I don't know. I, I can't even remember what I was saying before the cat thing. I, we were talking about art. We were talking about art. And then Margo came in and scratched the door. That's what happened. But, I mean, like, um, back to the art thing. Uh, Yeah, I think that it's important to keep your work alive. I think that's a really important thing. I think 
it can be difficult because life will get in the way. But it's just like working out, you know? Like if you don't work out for a while, your body starts to get less fit. Just like if you're a songwriter or an artist and you don't create for a while. It's like you're a little bit shabby when you get back into the, yeah. the movement of things. And, and not in like rhythm. Yeah, yeah, and I just think it's so important to not lose that. And, and also it's a muscle that you have to work out in the sense that it'll yeah. only get stronger if you work it out. Yeah. Like, I mean... And you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, as they say. So mm-hmm. if you just spend three months not writing music because uh, X, Y, and Z, those you could have written one, maybe one of your best songs in your fucking yeah. life, but you yeah. just didn't capture it because your mind yeah. was on other things. So exactly. I think it's just super important to stay somewhere in that yeah. flow. Especially as a writer because um, when you're like in rhythm, you analyze things as bars and as messages and lyrics so when you're definitely out of that flow state as you mentioned like you're not looking at life situations like that anymore you're looking at life situations like i'm tired of this how am i gonna get through this how am i gonna get over this um i'm exhausted I don't like going through what I'm going through. You're not looking at the art in it anymore. You're not making art out of it anymore. You're just going through life and not using your creativity to really, you know, make it a branch. Yeah. You know, you're just in this tree, but you're not making any branches out of it. Yeah. And I think that um, <clears throat> that another thing is that only you will have those ideas. And, like, that's another yeah. just important thing to keep in mind is, is you know, I think another beautiful thing about art is it allows all of us to speak in our own way. And I just think that it's like, it's like what you said before about, like, you're not – it's like God sent you here to do something. And yeah. when you're away from the music for so long, it's almost like you're, 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 you're wasting – that light that God yeah. gave you. And and yeah. I feel that way in a sense. I mean, I, I feel like everybody has a superpower. And mm. for me, that superpower is music. And, mm. and I, I'm able to do that in a way that no one else can do it. Mm. I can capture that in a way that nobody else can. And it's like what I was saying at the beginning of the conversation, where if I stray from that for too long... <laughs> I need some type of event to occur to remind me. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is my superpower. Exactly. Like if someone says to me, hey, that rap you wrote made me feel like this. I'm like, oh, yeah, because I can do that. Yeah. Not everybody can do that. Yeah. And and it's just so important. And I think creativity is is one of the most important things we have as humans. (laughs) Like it's it's so sad to me when I see people lose sight of that and. And, and, you know, life does get in the way, but you just can't let go of it. And what happens when you're the guy where you let go 10 years ago and now you never want to jump back on that wagon? Yeah. And you show, you know, you have kids now and your kids hear this song you wrote when you were, used to make music and they're like, oh, my God, Dad, you're a good rapper. It's like, mm-hmm. yep, that's what I used to love. <laughs> you know, it just, <laughs> it's just a sad story. Be known as that guy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had a girl girlfriend whose dad... He used to be in a punk band, uh-huh. and it was like right around the time the nine uh, the nineties when when grunge was big and Nirvana was getting big, uh-huh. and that was what he was kind of doing. And uh, if I get this correct, I think their name was called the Whalers. I hope I'm getting this right. Shout out Tom Spademan if he's if he's watching this one. <laughs> but uh, 
yeah, and I, having kids made him settle down. And that is, like, he's, you know, <clears throat> we're talking about my ex-girlfriend's dad. So he never explicitly said, oh, man, I wish I didn't have kids. Yeah. I never would have been the guy to hear him say yeah. that. But there was this general sense of, like, he that he really wanted to help me Sorry. with my music because he could see in me what he had in himself. And he squandered it. You know, he lost mm. that opportunity because his life just started to happen and he moved forward. And so, you know, it, it can happen to any of us. And, and to him, that was just a moment in time that, you know, he can go back and listen to those songs and he can remember who he was, but he'll never have that back. Yeah. And, and you only have that once. <clears throat> the music you're going to make now, you would not make in 10 years. So it's, it's, it's so important, dog. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh! It makes me sad yeah. to think about all the all the rappers who turned forty and stopped rapping in their when they were twenty five. It just hurts because yeah. there's a million of them. They're all over the place. Yeah. My thing is, bro. You have you have a talent. If you really feel like God, you know, I'm pretty spiritual, you know, and I feel like God giving me this talent, and I feel like for anybody else who feel like they were given this supernatural intuitive like ability to write music you know you have music's powerful and people fail to realize how powerful it truly is music is therapy music can make music can change your day i've written music and shown it to people and just watched tears roll up on their face like that influence is powerful you know and imagine Doing magic. That. I think it's magic. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's magical. <laughs> yeah. So it's real life magic. So like being able to do that, being able to be in a position to do that, and then give up. It's like you're wasting the talent that God gave you. Yeah. Why are you wasting that? Like God didn't have to bless you with that talent. You know, there's people. There's people in the world who's 50 still feel like they're not good at anything. You know, and here I am knowing what I want to do from with my whole life since I was like 10 years old. So for me to invest so many years in it, and I'm just speaking for anybody else that's, you know, feeling the same way, you know, for me to invest so many years into this, so much time, so much of my money, so much of my energy, and then I was willing to hang it all up for a dollar for a promotion you know like you know like Kay said you know you won't have peace in where you don't belong eventually you're going to end up doing something that you really don't like doing and you really wish you were doing this other thing that you had the drive and passion for but unfortunately you let it die and it's going to hurt <clears throat> and you don't want to be that guy you know like you like you mentioned like I remember I was working at a truck company well, it was a moving company, but I was working with a lot of truck drivers and stuff. And I was talking to one, and uh, he found out I, I rap. He was like, yeah, you make music? I'm like, yeah, I, I make music. Um, You know, I rap and, and all that stuff. How long have you been doing it? I've been doing it since I was in the fifth grade. You know, I'm in college now. And, yeah, I, I do that. I got my own studio. So we are just talking and all that. He was like, man, I used to, I used to rap, too. And when you hear that at first, you know, you're like, oh, you know, here's this guy, you know, thinking 
It's just another one. He, I, I'm thinking he didn't take it as serious as I'm taking it right now. He was like, I used to rap too. I'm like, you want to hear something? I'm like, yeah, let me hear something. I'm thinking he finna play me <clears throat> some old music, you know, when he was probably like 20, you know that. But no, he put on a beat and he rapped it live. It's old school. And it was some of the craziest stuff I've heard in a long time. It was very good. Wow. It was very, very good. I was impressed. But like that that story, <laughs> I imagine that's a that's a there's a lot of mixed emotions in that moment because it's like yeah. damn like this guy's talented but he's telling me he he yeah. used to rap he's seeing himself in me right now yeah you know he's he's having a flashback he's seeing himself in me he's looking at me having this drive trying to market myself promote myself you know stay with my craft playing my own music in our truck like just he's seeing that in me. And he's seeing, like, he's rethinking, like, man, I wish I would have stayed with it. Wow. And I don't want to do that. You know, I just want to. It's going to be times, bro, where you, you duck your head a little bit, but pick it back up. Yeah. You know, it's it ain't going to last long. Everybody had their seasons. You know, every every rider gets rider block. You know what I mean? Every actor doesn't feel like acting for a while. But we have a whole life. And if you drop your head for a minute, just remember to pick it back up. Because that's me. I, You know, I was going one way, and I'm going the completely other way. I dropped my classes and stuff, and I'm going back to college for music. And I just had so much support that was always there, but I couldn't see it because I was blind in my own life issues. So when you go back to doing what you love, that's another thing. Like, you just open your eyes to all the support that was around you, all these, you know, at least for me. But, you know, I had a lot of people who were upset that I was slowing down and all that. I understand a lot of people don't always have a great support system around their dreams. And that's another reason why, you know, people don't <clears throat> people don't uh, follow through. Sorry. I think it's really easy to <clears throat> to get lost in that idea even especially now even if you do have a support system you know there's so much content there's so much online that it almost feels like the support is never ever going to be enough like oh well yeah sure i have five or ten people that like what i do but i see this guy on social media who's <laughs> nowhere near as talented as me and he's got all these followers and exactly. and you could get all these ideas in your head where exactly but that's just i think your brain rationalizing giving up and social media is a killer i agree social media is a killer it's a blessing and a curse you you should use it as a lick that's yeah. how i feel about social media you should use it as a hustle as a tool as a tool, yeah, great. As a tool, but don't allow it to discourage you. You know, don't don't look at somebody that's fifteen doing what you do and getting popular for it. You know, and you looking at oh look, he's he or she's fifteen doing what I want to do, and they're getting so much love. But you know, I'm I'm better than them, or or you know, or they're better than you. But it's just the fact that like, how are they getting so much love? You know. Don't even look at that, man, because social media is just... Sorry, I don't know what's all <laughs> this going up. <laughs> You're good. Um, <laughs> Mystery's going to die on my man. podcast. <laughs> cool. Good content, guys. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't, don't clip that. 
But yeah, um, seeing seeing everybody do what you do, don't let it discourage you, man. Because nobody has arrived. Nobody, nobody has arrived. Do you know who uh, Haha Davis is? Mm-mm. So Haha Davis is a comedian who got um, popular and all that. But just a long story short, he had millions of followers on Instagram, so he had the popularity. But his mom, he was in the house, and his mom was basically telling him like, "Yeah, you funny and all that. You got these followers." But you're broke. You need to find a job or like all oh, this is coming down. You a grown man in my house and you're broke and you're just getting likes, but you're not getting any money. And this man had millions of followers on his Instagram and all yeah. that. So that would hurt us looking at that. We're seeing, you know, he got millions of followers. We're thinking he arrived. But just because he has this mask on doesn't mean that he's really successful it's a great point yeah. so i just feel like don't look at social media because a lot of these artists even the ones that are rich like what's the point of having all this money if you're not happy or in peace or have a sound mind you know yeah or you're gonna have another incident like rest in peace robin williams you know like it's sad it is sad and and i think <laughs> that you know uh we have to it, we have to find our own inner peace, whatever that might be, too. A uh, comparison is the thief of joy. That's a it's a great quote. I love to cite it. I love to use it yeah. as a, as a guiding uh, factor <clears throat> in my life. And it mm-hmm. goes with the social media thing, you know. You, those people. How I like to think of it is, we're all just incredibly unique individuals, no matter mm-hmm. who we are. Even if somebody doesn't seem unique, they they are a product of everything that has led up to this moment. In every yeah. moment. I mean, no one is ever the same. We're always constantly changing. Yeah. Whether we yeah. can admit it or not, like we are just, we're, we're dynamic beings naturally. Yeah. It's just the way it is. And so with all of that being said, it just becomes such an incredibly futile exercise to look at social media and look at all these people and go, oh, I'm not this guy, so I can't do this. Like, mm. that guy's not you, and that guy would never be you. And there's things you can do that that guy could never do. And, and that's each and every one of us all the time. I mean, that's the beauty of humans. That's what makes yeah. us so incredibly <clears throat> interesting is that yeah. none of us are like one another. Exactly. So, you know, I think it's like we just can, and the only thing we can control is ourselves. So we have to take whatever lesson we want to take from that. I mean, those feelings you feel may be valid, but it's like, what do they mean? What does that represent? Like, if you're the guy that's got millions of followers and mom's telling you to move out, or mom's telling you you got to figure something out, then that's just motivation for you to do something with that. Like, what do I do with these millions of followers? How do I get this to be a revenue stream? Like, there, and and I really like the idea of never making it too, because I think a lot of people idealize a lot of these things. I think a lot of people think when I hit one million followers, I've made it. That's my goal. That's my dream. When I get there, and, and it's like there's almost like there's no. Second thought. There's no like once I get there, yeah. <laughs> like nothing nothing comes after that. Yeah. So they there's just get there that. and then they're gonna feel like there's this empty hole. Like what happens when you actually get there? And yeah. I uh when I was younger, I always, always bring this up. I can't remember who the dude was. I think it was it was legacy tattoo. I've said it before on podcast. But um it was 
a guy who is just giving a speech to uh, a bunch of us Teen Quest graduates, uh, and he was telling us that the best way to live life is as if you've already accomplished your goals. So uh, live like you've already played Madison Square Garden. Live like you played there yesterday. Because, and I think that's genius in the sense that then you never have that million followers. That doesn't exist. Like yeah. you're never going to have this empty feeling because you know that you've never reached the goal. You know that the grind never stops. Right. One person that I, another person I always am bringing up is my boy, Mr. Beast, man. I mean, yeah. he's, he's got what the most subscribers on YouTube out of anybody. And he's still focused on growing. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, that's like, to me, the ultimate example. Dude yeah. has been giving away his money since day one. Yeah. And he doesn't stop doing it. Like, he's never changed the strategy, even though everyone else would have. Everyone else would have been like, oh, well, now we have all of these people behind us. So let's do something that's a little bit safer. He right. never played it safe. Yeah. And, and I think it's just the 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 business model. It's like... That is the way that we should be, and that's how you lead by example. Like exactly. we should be getting to this point where we we are where we wanted to be, and then just keep doing the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. And you know, another thing I saw it was on a I was on Mr. when Mr. Beast was on Lex Friedman's podcast, and he was talking about hiring people, and he always asks people when they're going to work for him, "Where do you see yourself in five years?" Because say say he's hiring an editor. And they'll say to him, I see myself making movies for Steven Spielberg. And he immediately doesn't want to hire that person because they aren't thinking of themselves as a video editor. They're thinking of themselves as I'm a video editor until I get noticed and then I'll do something better than this. Like yeah. I'm a YouTuber until <laughs> yeah. I can do something better than YouTube. And yeah. it made me have this revelation like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying to get it. I'm already doing the thing. I yeah. want to be a rapper. I am a rapper. Like, yeah. I, The content I make now is the content I'm going to be making for the next 10 years. Yeah. Like, I'm never, ever going to break from this. It's not like some record label is going to contact me one mm. day. I'm going to pick up the phone and be like, oh, yeah, I want to get signed, and that'll be me making it. That's right. not how it works. Yeah. But, like, I've had, it made me <laughs> realize how stupidly I was looking at the whole thing. It's yeah. And I think a lot of us are like that, where, like, yeah, we're 10 yeah. years old, and we're like, you know what? I just want to get signed to a label, and then... That mm. way I've made it. I'll tell my mama I made it. And it's like, that's yeah. not, especially nowadays when everybody knows how the labels just scam you and this and that. Like, there's no making it in music. It doesn't exist. You're just, so many of these artists that I follow on social media now, like, it's like a whole new business model. They're, they're, they've gotten viral off TikTok and like random songs. Yeah. And now they're just promoting their music on TikTok, no label. And that's how they're making money. It's yeah. it's a real viable thing nowadays. But I mean, when you when it comes to the labels and stuff, you know, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people in labels that are broke. Yeah, you know? there's a lot of people with the with the million subscribers that are broke because um they didn't figure the system out. You know, what's gotta, the point of that homework? Yeah, yeah, what's the point of climbing up to the mountain just to fall back down? Yeah, yeah, and, and you got to remember there's snakes at the top of that mountain, too. Exactly. Yeah. Waiting for you. Waiting for you. Yeah, they <laughs> so, know you're coming. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, I think social media is a crazy animal when it comes to all that. Because, I mean, 
people want to get a bunch of followers. What's so strange to me is there's this culture now where it's like kids want followers and they don't even know what they want them for. <laughs> they don't even know. Like there'll it's just be a, a number, man. Yeah, it's just a big number. A big number. Yeah. A bunch of people are gonna see what I post, and what are you gonna post? I don't know. Right. <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> it's so strange to me because, like, I've always had a goal. I've always been like, okay, I'm making music. I want people to hear my music. But now there's, like, a bunch of 10-year-olds who just repost memes that they find, and that's what they do. And they, they that's, like, there's no goal for it. Yeah. It's really weird. It's a really yeah. weird environment we live in when it comes to all that. I think, I think everyone, everything's becoming, like, so numbers oriented it's why you see a lot of um record labels like they i've heard a lot about this and maybe you'll know more than me i don't fully understand what's happening here but i mm. know that it's becoming increasingly popular for labels to buy streams this is a big thing now yeah and, and those aren't real numbers <laughs> so like if yeah. i were as an artist i wouldn't want my streams to be bought but the whole idea is that the, the the market's captured. Like, if I'm some random Joe and I'm just scrolling and I see, oh, Ruse has one million monthly listeners on Spotify, I'll check him out. Like, that is, that's what you need the label for. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> that's really, it's really weird. I don't yeah. like, I don't like that. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that is just the future. Maybe that's the way things are moving. I don't know, kids. I think that we got to fight this system. And it starts with you. It starts with you. So every single little kid that's watching this, <laughs> delete your Spotify <laughs> message. Message uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Tell him f you. I don't. I'm not buying into this. For uh, real. Yeah, we're going all the way to the top. I'm going straight to boy Marky Mark. I'm going right. straight to him. My boy MZ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You saw I, him I, on Facebook doing some uh, wrestling and stuff. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, are you talking about that meta, uh, the the metaverse fighting thing? Yes. Oh my god, that was the most, dude. I'm like, oh what? my god. Wait, okay, this so how to... <laughs> for those that haven't seen this, it's Mark Zuckerberg and like some actual boxer, and they're having a metaverse fight. But what's so weird about it is that they're fighting in real life. Like, yeah. <laughs> they have the goggles on, and they have the controllers, whatever the hell they are, and they're just play fighting, but they're, like, so they're not actually hitting each other, yeah. but in the metaverse version, which they keep cutting to in the video, which is just like, <laughs> it's like, yeah. imagine Mark Zuckerberg as a me from the Wii games, and then <laughs> <laughs> imagine the other guys that... And that's how they're fighting. It's so weird. Dude, if anything, like, is a prime example of, like, how fucking silly <laughs> this whole thing is, like, all you got to see is that. Show that to somebody from, like, 30 years ago. They'll be like, what the hell is this? I'm going outside. <laughs> what is this? What are you trying to, to show me? <laughs> I'm to go get some sun. <laughs> yeah. Like, this isn't the future. Like, And I, it's so weird because the metaverse fighting, I thought what that was was, like, I'm at my house and you're at your house and we're both putting on the headsets and we can have a fighting match. But like what this was, was them just doing it in person next to each other. Super duper weird, dude. It's really weird. Cause like, that is like saying, it's like saying, Hey, we're chilling right here right now. And this is uh, cool, but let's throw on our VR goggles and have a better time. Have a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
It's really odd. Oh my god. I mean, like, yeah. I worry that they're trying to push this metaverse thing, though. They're trying to push it, and and the thing is, we're seeing a primitive version. Like, I bet you, in ten or twenty years, when it's actually cool, then it'll be a little <laughs> bit scary, because it'll be like, yo, yeah, we could be talking. We could be doing this podcast right here, but why don't we do it in fucking Los Santos with Trevor <laughs> Phillips right next to us? <laughs> like, dude, that would be a lot cooler. It would. It wouldn't. <laughs> and then we'd just pop on our headsets. We would type in, like, hey, I want to, or I probably just fucking say it to the headset. I'd be like, hey, put us in Los Santos. All of a sudden, we're in Los Santos. Like, I have to imagine with the way the AI and all this shit's going, like, yeah. it will be that easy. It's It'll be, be as easy as that. It's yeah. Wow. It's, it's My kids me. are going to be annoying. I know. <laughs> I know. My kids are going to be annoying. Not that they aren't, uh, not that they, you know, aren't already, yeah. but it'll be worse. It'll be worse. Trust yeah. me. They'll find a way to, like, genetically modify these kids with headsets. <laughs> That's all they got to do. That's all we need. I mean, and you know, you know what else is weird is I think we're like already getting genetically modified kids because I was listening to a podcast the other day and dude was talking about like his kid can't read, but his kid will go through these apps and like buy shit and his Mm. kid can't read words, but his kid knows what all the buttons do. So it's like we're getting kids that don't even make sense right now. (laughs) They don't even make any sense with the things that they can do. Illiterate. But they're yeah. competent. Yeah. <laughs> That's scary because they're going to evolve. We're going to have some, like, superhuman kids oh, pretty yeah. soon. They'll be trained by an iPhone. Like, they'll, they'll, they'll know shit that we won't even get close to knowing. Dude, I'm scared for our future. I really am. I feel like a boomer when I talk about it. <laughs> I do. Oh, my gosh. Because I'm, like, I'm right. I think, how old are you? 21. 21. So we're close enough I'm going to be 22. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm 24 finna be 25 so Mm -hmm. i feel like we're close enough in age to where we've both kind of witnessed this transition into more and more of like a digital realm Mm -hmm. to the point where like (laughs) dude if it keeps going this direction like 20 years we will be inside of the phones like we're just gonna get inside of there just gonna (laughs) step into it (laughs) yeah that's the metaverse that's what it is it's just us but in there we're actually inside of the universe created by i don't know man i don't know man i mean i don't want to be uh i don't want to be too pessimistic because i like you said i think that the internet is also a beautiful thing i think that there's a lot of good things that the internet and that technology does and definitely definitely yeah we can't discount that even like ai now uh people are very scared about ai but it's very powerful there's some crazy stuff you could pull off my thing is man if you're just trying to if you're on social media you're on the internet and you find yourself often oftenly just getting unhappy getting discouraged getting jealous then maybe you need to put it down for a minute you know what i'm saying you need to reevaluate yourself yes that's my thing but if you don't feel like that when you're scrolling down on you know tiktok or whatever like by all means use it yeah i think um, that's moderation for sure moderation because people they get sucked into these unreal they're not real these whatever it is that you see on instagram and, and whatever ideas you develop from all this stuff it's not real yeah. I mean, Facebook, it's not real. Twitter, yeah. definitely not real. <laughs> I mean, like, so not real. So far from reality, it's actually kind of baffling. Yeah, Twitter. Twitter, dude, 
Twitter, I don't understand Twitter how people use Twitter more crazy. than other platforms. I, I get on Twitter and I go, what the hell, man? People are mean. And then I just get off Twitter. People are so mean on there. Maybe I'm just a fucking fruitcake, but no. I can't. I can't. I can't handle it. It kills my, uh, my spirit a little no, bit. People are wild. People say whatever they want to on Twitter. Twitter is just a different, like, dynamic of a social media because, like, it's so... It has something to do about it with everything being so instantaneous. Yeah. Like, you tweet, and it's instantly out. Yeah, everything you know, else. That, uh, you can see the likes going up. It's very... It's, like, live. It's, like, a live app. Uh-huh. You know, you can... You can, like... You can, like, let's say something happened, you know, in in Detroit. You just type Detroit in the search bar, and you're just seeing everything pop up. Like, it's just all live. And I don't know. People, like... Just feel so. I feel like people subconsciously feel so much freedom of speech on Twitter more than any other apps, just because of how the atmosphere it is on the app. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and and I think that's a good. I I now I don't know exactly what it is that makes that more exaggerated on Twitter, but it definitely is where people just think a thought and then type it and then it's there it's like facebook and instagram maybe instagram especially there's a little bit more of a barrier between your post and then what you're posting facebook not so much but like twitter it's like thought yeah it just boom 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 and with with the whole elon thing now you can really post whatever because you're not gonna get reported no you're not gonna get reported on twitter people are Posting porn on Twitter. I was about to say, you could literally, right now, whip <laughs> like, your dick out, take a picture, post it on Twitter. <laughs> and it's not going to get deleted. Nothing's going to happen to you. <laughs> well, so. something might happen, but nothing, nothing, uh, no repercussions. Like, yeah. you might just have some, <clears throat> depends on how your dick looks, I guess. <laughs> like, that's where the repercussions are going to come from. <laughs> oh might want to shave first. <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot more of a... <laughs> It's a lot more of a, an open book on there for sure. Yeah. And I think that, like, there, that's that's kind of the gift and the curse of Twitter. Because, like, I recognize that a lot of people like Twitter for that. And especially people who are news people or journalists, they thrive on Twitter because yeah. that's where a lot of open discussion can be had or breaking news. And then, boom, it's right there on Twitter two minutes after it broke. I just think, like, that's... I don't know if the cons and the pros are mm-hmm. even on that. I yeah. really don't because, I mean, it's very easy to fuck up. And yeah. that's why you see a lot of this shit where nowadays, like, you know, oh, this guy tweeted this and now he's fired from his job. Like, that's wild. <laughs> that's wild. If you are a guy that works at fucking Coca-Cola <laughs> and you make a tweet about midgets, <laughs> you can't work there anymore. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, my God. We finna get canceled. He said midgets. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant Oompa Loompa. My bad. <laughs> oh, my God. It just blows my mind. I mean, like, keep it, folks, just let you know this is a comedy podcast. All right? That's what I, that's, that's how I like to always add a disclaimer. This is a comedy podcast. Anything you say or hear here was comedy. Okay? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Don't take me seriously. That's your fault. <laughs> but, yeah, man, it blows my mind. I, I just don't know. I, it's almost like the it's a reflection of the culture and the culture itself is like it's like if you had a really sick person like they're already so sick do we even need to give this person medication like we might as well just watch the fireworks 
Might as well just let it play out. That's what Twitter is. Yeah. <laughs> like, do Twitter we need to fix is. this or should we just leave it? Just, yeah. Can we see somebody's going through right now? Let's just comment something more depressing. That's pretty <laughs> well, much. That is Twitter. Just though. kick him while he's down real quick. It really is. People are mean, dude. <laughs> They're so mean. My mama taught me better. She did. I mean, man, y'all need Jesus. That's all I'm saying. Oh my god. Oh my god. Well, it's it's I think like it's just a weird atmosphere to exist in. And I think everybody else, everybody's on a soapbox too. That's the other uh-huh. weird weird part of it. It's like Everybody knows better than everybody else, so there's almost not even a point in trying to explain anything to anyone or trying to like. There's not even a reason to do it. Like when you have a, a conversation with somebody, or or when you're on, I guess YouTube, you can explain things. YouTube, you can have great comment, like YouTube comments. Dude, I've, I've read some fucking profound shit in YouTube comments. Mm-hmm. But, like, Twitter? <laughs> Dude, I have never seen a civil disagreement on Twitter. I've never seen people be like, you know what? You got a good point. Yeah, you too. It <laughs> doesn't happen on that. Nah, nah, <laughs> They nah. don't like each other. Nobody <laughs> likes each other. It scares me. But then I, you know, then I just remember, oh, yeah, this is Twitter. It's like sitting in a dumpster and forgetting you're in a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> this is all oh for, dude i gotta well, i'm gonna watch this back and write this shit down for my stand-up special because this is good stuff it's like sitting in the dumpster and forgetting you're in the dumpster yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious and that's why i get on twitter for 30 seconds and close it every time i'm like what the fuck dude i can't i can't i don't have time for this i Man. can't and I want to, cause I'm, you know, I'm an artist. I'm a social yeah. media guy. I gotta be on there, but yeah. fucking my tweets. And I just tweet basic ass shit. I tweet like, you know, love is the only law. I tweet shit like that. Zero likes. <laughs> Zero likes. You know what I should be tweeting? Fucking, I should say, uh, what's a good tweet? A good tweet is like you gotta be hateful and you gotta be, you gotta exaggerate. So it's like, um, Stewie Griffin is the absolute worst character on television of all time and then i have to come up comments with like, already <laughs> yeah 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 and if anybody wants me to elaborate i'll say he's racist that's what i'll say <laughs> you can't you can't beat that you can't peter that. griffin is racist peter griffin is racist <laughs> that's a good tweet right there that's fire i'm going to test that one out tonight we'll see how we do peter griffin is racist i mean <laughs> Am I wrong? Am no, I wrong? Uh, no, Twitter is crazy. I ain't gonna lie. Twitter, you can make it without Twitter. I promise. I know. That's why I'm. That's why I, like I don't even want to learn. Like I think I'm just using it wrong. But I don't even want to figure it out. I think I'll just wait till I get an audience. Then I'll start using it, and hopefully they'll just flock to me there. But I'm not even gonna try to learn the ropes. Like Gary V got started on Twitter. Blows my fucking mind. And he says, like, he used to sit on Twitter for, like, eight hours a day just re- replying to people. What? Man. You did what? <laughs> I can't even sit on there for 20 minutes, man. <laughs> I can't do it physically. I just, it hurts. My soul. It hurts. <laughs> so, like, I, dude, I really, I lose hope for humanity if I spend too much time on that <laughs> app. I'm like, yup, yup, oh it's God. over. The rapture's coming. <laughs> Let's see what's the first thing that pops up on my Twitter. Okay. I always see, like, fucking... The other thing I always see is, like, way too overtly sexual shit. Like, dude, I see that, and I'm like, ah! I didn't need to see that right now. 
I'm sitting next to my niece. <laughs> like, what the hell? <clears throat> okay, the first tweet that I see is Blueface. He said, I got two kids and one baby mama for a reason. I don't just have kids with anybody. I'm real particular about the women I have children with. I don't play about my kids and their well-being, nurture, and care. Rock, which is that girl. You know anything about blue-facing? That, yeah, so Rock, don't even take care of me like a woman should, and I'm a grown man. Imagine a newborn. So it, let's see the comments. Oh, we got some drama off rip. The comments going crazy. We barely even tried. That's the first thing you saw? Yeah, it's the first thing. Somebody wow. said, so why are you having unprotected sex with someone you don't want kids by? <laughs> Two, over 3,000 likes on that tweet. God damn. <laughs> See, this, oh is, this is like, this is the future. This is definitely the future. This couldn't have happened in 2008. That wouldn't have happened. This is thanks to you, yeah. fucking Marky Mark. This that's, is thanks to you, Mark. That's, thanks a lot. That's Twitter in a nutshell. <laughs> that is Twitter. And, and like, the, okay, I mean, I just wish Elon bought TikTok. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I like TikTok. TikTok's fun. TikTok's where the kids are, okay, for the yeah. record. TikTok's fun. Now, yeah, China might be spying on me. China might be watching me sleep. But, hey, I prefer TikTok, okay? That's, <laughs> that's just what it is. I really do wish Elon bought TikTok because TikTok is, like, as a musician – I actually think that's a really, really nice atmosphere. Like, yeah, sure, my attention span might be like a fucking goldfish when I'm on there, but <laughs> I see so many other artists. That's where I got, like, like, we start the very beginning of this podcast with them talking about those open verse challenges. Yeah. That's where those came from, was TikTok. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was from artists genuinely having a community where they can collaborate with one another. You can't do that on Facebook or Instagram. You can't even really do it on YouTube because YouTube doesn't support that type of, mm -hmm. of collaboration. <clears throat> Whereas TikTok is just naturally built for it. So yeah. it makes me sad to see all these conversations around TikTok being bad for you or yeah. TikTok being, you know, the government wants to ban TikTok, this and that. Because it's like, if TikTok goes away, we're stuck with fucking Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, yeah, and YouTube, and you that's know, it. TikTok really, um, the algorithm in TikTok is very rich. It really pushes you. It really pushes your content. Like you know, it's it's easy to get a lot of views on TikTok. And I and think, I think that the niche aspect of it is what really is nice. Like the yeah. right people will see it if you're consistent. And you yeah. post the right. Shit. Like if I consistently post <clears throat> hip hop oriented com content mm -hmm. and that's what I do, then the people who normally see hip hop content are the people who are going to see my videos. Mm -hmm. And so it's like way different than, you know, Facebook where you do <laughs> Facebook and Instagram where the only way they're gonna see it is if I promote. Yeah. It's the only way. So it's the reach, but it's also the reach to the right people. It makes exactly. a big difference. Yeah. Because dude, like I don't want I don't want anybody seeing my stuff. I want, like, the people who are actually going to like it. I don't want to waste my views on those people. They're going <laughs> to comment and tell me I'm, like, I'm the, I'm the generic white rapper. And they're not even, I'll be like, yeah, you're right. But this wasn't made for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> Man, so speaking of the music. Yeah. Oh, my God. If we dial it back a little bit, um, me meeting Tolkien was, like, the push I needed to get back inspired. Interesting. So that's kind of part yeah. of the whole story. Yeah. Then. Like, and that's, like, the main 
transition, you know, because I rapped to him, you know. So what had happened was <clears throat> Case bought me tickets to see Token in Detroit. And it was actually at the shelter, like where they record the eight mile at. Ooh. That's where he performed. Yeah. So she bought me tickets to 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 go see Token. But not only did she buy me tickets to like go see him perform, she bought me tickets to um have a meet and greet with him. Oh, I'd be nervous. To to rap to him. Like I I, I was. You know, I was incredibly nervous when she gave me the information i was like oh my god what am i gonna rap to that's what i'm saying as soon as you tell me i'm gonna rap in front of butterflies i was like she recorded this too it's somewhere where she got my reaction but i was like why would you do this (laughs) you know (laughs) so man why what is wrong with you like you're trying to ruin my life you know what i mean (laughs) for real but like, nah. I know you're trying to do something nice, but you know you're killing me here, right? <laughs> you got around to token. Like, that. you could have said, like, like Gucci Mane or something. Somebody easy. Walk a flock of flame. That's my level. But token? That is crazy. <laughs> she could say anybody. She could so, said, how did you prepare for this? How okay. does that happen? So, <sighs> I was trying to write music like token. <laughs> Yeah, I was trying to write stuff like that. But when I got the beat, it was the Drake 0 to 100 beat. Oh. And I was just like, oh my God. How am I going to rap like that on the beat like this? Because if you think about it, that beat's not very like something you can rap super fast. Well, if, if you do rap fast, it's going to be super fast. And I'm not rapping that fast. That's yeah. just not me. I would look really corny if I did that in front of him. So I was just like, okay, let me just be me. So I got, I had like a week, maybe less than, to prepare when they finally sent us the beat. <laughs> so <clears throat> we get there. We get to Detroit. It was funny. I'll paint this picture for you, bro. We get to Detroit, and then we're waiting outside of the shelter, and there's this, like, guard here, and... um. I'm seeing these other guys who got the same tickets as me. They're walking up to the door, and then they're trying to get in. He's like, no, there's not. They're, uh, he's not ready yet. He's doing the sound check. We're supposed to be in his sound check. That's part of our tickets, too. So the other guy, he got a little upset. He was just like, we're, we're supposed to be a part of the sound check. And the guy was like, yeah. well, there's a sound check before the sound check. And I'm like, I'm looking at that case like, there's a sound check before the sound check. What are you talking about? There's a sound check before the sound check. What's the part of having the sound check if we're going to have a pre-sound check and then have the main sound check that we can be? Well, I digress. So I was like, okay, so we find something else to do for a little minute, and then <clears throat> we come back. So we come back in. You know, I'm in the we, – we waiting outside in the line. It was cold. I felt like that lyric in Stan. <laughs> where it's like we waited in the blistering cold for four hours, and you just said no. That's how I felt. So – I'm in there. I'm just talking. Even coming, fucking shaking. Like man, <laughs> it's Detroit. Come on, Toke. Um, end up making a friend out there. He's a really, really good guy. Um, <clears throat> I can't shout him out because I just I don't want to get his name wrong. But I got him on Instagram. But yeah, so you know who you were. Yeah, yeah. If you're watching this, you know we was rocking that whole concert. But uh, so we go inside and all that, and Token comes out. Mind you, this is my first time to a concert. 
you know? So, Token comes out, and uh, we're watching him rap and all that. And he's like, do it sound good? You can tell that he already, like, had did his sound check and all his sounds. But he's doing it again because this is with our tickets, which is cool. So, after... Some weird-ass shit, though. Sound check before a sound yeah, check. Yeah, that's crazy. I was making jokes about that all night. And we're going to have a sound check. But first, we're going to have a sound check. And then we're going to have a sound check. <laughs> like, what? It just sounds like bullshit. Like, it sounds like the guy was just trying to get you off his ass. <laughs> so yeah. Whatever he thought he could say. That was hilarious. So, okay. So, so, here we are. He comes out. He's rapping. He's doing his sound check and all that. He's asking us, like, sound good? Like, we're like, yeah, sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, the fake sound check where you guys just nod <laughs> and go, yeah. In my mind, I'm like, I'm looking at Case like, bro, this is really Tolkien right here. I've never met. This is my first concert I've ever been to. Oh, wow. I've never seen celebrities perform live for real. The only celebrity I've seen, I've seen gospel artists, you know, perform live and stuff. But the only celebrity I've seen that's like in the world and stuff like that is um, Kevin Hart. Really? I, watched, I went to a, a Kevin Hart stand up. So that was nice. But, like, now I'm in person. Like, he's, like, like from here to, like, just past the wall. You know what I mean? Like, you know, a little further. But, like, yeah, he's he's close. He's very close. The stage is, like, right there. You know what I'm saying? If I if I walk 10 steps, I'll be right at it. So <clears throat> it's crazy. So he's done with that. He comes down. And he's, like, um, they're just, like, okay, y'all, uh, we're going to um, – who's doing the cypher? We raised our hand. It was like a cipher. So now I'm getting even more nervous because I see the hands raised. And I'm like, okay, I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm not going to lie. I'm judging people by how they look right now. <laughs> I'm looking at people like, okay, let me see how you dress. And uh, it was this one guy, man. It was this one guy. He uh, he was like, he was black. He had locks. Um, and he was just real chill. Like he was just chill the whole time. When we was outside and I was talking to, um, you know, my friend that I made. He was like, you you rapping? I was like, yeah, I'm rapping. He's like, you got your stuff memorized? I'm like, we're going to find out. <laughs> I'm like, you got yours? He's like, yeah, I do. I, I think, no, I don't. I'm, I'm probably going to have to use my phone. We're just talking all that. So there's this guy in front of him. He's kind of like side-eyeing us. He got an AirPod in. You can tell he's jamming. He's so nonchalant. Probably the most chillest person I've ever seen. Like, he's not high, but as if he is high. He's just chilling. He keeps like side-eyeing. You know, hearing our conversation. And I noticed that I got his attention, so I kind of asked him. I'm like, hey, you know, you rapping too? He's like, yeah. I'm like, you got your stuff memorized? This is exactly what he said. He was like, I mean, I wrote some stuff down, but I don't know. I might freestyle too, mix it up together, see what come out. I'm like, why this nigga sound so cool? Like, <laughs> I'm like, you just gonna see what come out in front of Tokyo? Like, bro, you know how much I prepare <laughs> for this? Oh my god! Probably, like, piss you off in that moment, like, what bro? The fuck? On the inside, I, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna see, I'm gonna listen to it. Yeah. I think he went first, and I'm not gonna lie, his rap style was exactly like his personality. Like, he was like, he would rap. And the way he would move his hand gestures and, like, paint the picture. Like, he did good. I can't remember anything he said, but I just remember how he made me feel. I was watching him like, oh, yeah, this guy, he can rap. He can rap. I don't know if it's his dream. I don't know if it's his passion. But, you know, 
Evidently, he loved it if he spent the money on these tickets to rap to Token. He can definitely rap. But he just seems so, like, not promoting himself, not, like, the biggest marketer and all that, which is something we really got to get together. But moving on, <clears throat> um, more people are going and going. And so far, I'm like, okay, nobody really had. This is just, I'm sorry if any, if any of them are watching this. But this is exactly what I was thinking. I was like, okay, none of them are saying nothing that's too crazy. Nobody has said anything that's like, I don't want to leave. So I'm like, it's not like, you know, what I wrote. I'm nervous to rap what I wrote because I saw this person rap this and now I feel pressure on me to do something better. I didn't feel that way. So I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer. And I, it's pretty much, I was pretty much the second to last person. I'm looking at Case. Case was like, go, go. So I'm like, all right. So I woke up. I woke up to Token. They, we were standing beside him. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. This sounds like torture to me. I- <laughs> <laughs> Bro, on the inside. Like, if you see the video, I'm literally like. <sighs> all right. You just force yourself Here to walk is. up to him and do it, right? Because that's all you can do when you have that yeah. type of anxiety. It's like, okay, I guess we're doing yeah. it now. Like, we just, you just got to do it. Yep. You got to do it. Even if you are nervous. Don't don't make it known because then you're gonna make the audience nervous for you and it's just uncomfortable for everybody. Now they're just waiting for you to mess up because now you made it known that you're nervous or frightened and all that. So my tip for anybody like that is just do not admit it. Yes. Just, just do it. Fake it till you make it. You're gonna make the audience uncomfortable and they're not gonna watch you for how good you are. They're gonna watch you of how good you last. You know what I mean? So great point. Great way to put that. Yeah. yeah. So I w- when I was there, the beat turned on and uh like you want me to rap it? Yeah, go I'll, for it. I'ma try based on what I remember. Um the beat I'm come sure on. you rehearsed like a hundred times before <laughs> you went up there. I was like, all right, Flint Town is re fancy what I gotta do. Um I was like, you don't gotta be a killer nigga, just be you. Saying things you don't do like you really do. But if you push me to the limit, I could really shoot. You might pull a Bryson Tiller and go missing too. When the lose, I've been getting blue like I'm crippled. Ooh, no, actually, I'm barely making it. Who gonna be real and say they relate to it? Niggas want the way I say I'm paving it. Uh, niggas want the way I say I'm paving it. I'm the real like a Slim Shady hit. Sis just had the baby, he my favorite. Making funny faces, got the baby lit. But I don't babysit, babysit down when I'm talking to you. I ain't playing chick. When I ball, I either lay it up or I take a sis. I ain't mean to hog it. Whole team up, 86. I keep a mean barber. He gonna flick a wrist and give me Chris. I ain't seen a daughter, even though I'm who she laying with. Plastic bag over the face. Keep a mag around the waist. I don't have no time to waste. You getting lapped inside the race. When the rap is out of space, intergalactic with the flow. Went from rats inside our place to having rats around our home. Neighbors ratting on the nigga. Rather tat, no leave me alone. Try to wrap it up, but when I wrap it up, it's just too long. Heard I rap too much. I be packing bars into these songs. Hard-headed mama had me seeing scars in the sun. And I was like, <laughs> after I wrapped that, um, I was watching the facial expressions. When I hit that, plastic bag over the face keep a mag around the waist token was like mm. like <laughs> and i ain't gonna lie that almost made me just like choke up i'm like what and i was watching like his openers one of his openers who was a really really good rapper his name was ben riley i believe he was um he was in the crowd he was watching me and the whole time he was like smiling 
you know. And I talked to him after the concert too. And so this is this is the part that drove me, you know. Yes, that was a great experience rapping to him. But what he told me, he was like, he was like, "What's your name?" <clears throat> uh, I I had my hoodie on, so it said "Mystery" on my hoodie. He was like, "Mystery, I'm gonna remember that. Like that was that was good. That was really nice. Like you're really smooth with it." So fast forward to after the show at the meet and greet, I walked up to him, you know, shook his hand and all that. And um, he was like, bro, this is the part that really locked with me. He was like, bro, your the music, like the rapping, like keep doing it. Don't stop doing that stuff. Like you're really just like smooth with it. And I don't just say that about anybody. So like keep going. And I was just like, thank you, Token. <laughs> I was like, thank you, Token, you know. Hey, bro, I'm a, I won't stop until we on stage together or something, you know? And the same thing when I went up to Ben Riley later on. Like, I went up to him, and uh, he was just like, oh, yeah, bro, and that rap you did at the Cypher? No, that was crazy. That was fire, bro. You need to you need to stick with that. Keep, keep that going. I'm like, man. It made me feel so good because, like, bro, I knew I was good, but I'm such a humble person, bro. So it's not until, like, somebody like that tells me that I'm good. It gave me, like, validation that, no, I actually am good at music. And it was like, I can't just stop. You know, one of my one of my favorite rappers, Token, just told me, like, just gave me this great compliment. I was like, I can't stop. I got to keep going because if he thinks I'm dope, then my favorite rapper, Hobson, would probably think I'm dope too. And then it's just a spiderweb effect. You know, people that I know linked up with Hop, like maybe Tech Nine would think I'm dope if he heard the fire verse from me. You know, one of my hardest verses. You know, stuff like that. Like it just gave me validation. Like, yeah, bro, you you really got it. And if you figure it out, you already got the talent. You just need to work on the business part of things, the marketing part of things, the consistency with being in front of a camera part of things, the music video, like making money for photo shoots and posting consistency, consistently sticking with the algorithm. That's when it comes into figuring the system out and making it and getting further ahead. Because you, you can have the talent, but that's only like 30%. A lot of people have the talent. 70% is going to be really using social media as that tool and going up because, you know, it's not like, you know, Token's going to do it for me. You know what I mean? He didn't He didn't say, like, you're super dope. I want you to open up for me and, you know, I'm, I'm going to follow you on Instagram. And, you know, he didn't say all that. He could have, but he didn't. And I didn't take no offense to that. You know, I'm not going to be the guy that's, you know, walking up to him, chasing after him. Like, yeah, man, you know, hey, and um, I got, I just made a demo last week called this, this, and that. And I'm going to send it to you. Like, I messaged you. Like, no, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm going to take what he said, and he's going to see me again after I use what he said. I build on it. I make something to myself like he had to. And then we're going to have another conversation one day where I remind him what he told me. And that's how it should work. Because if you get if you get your blessings before you're not ready to receive it, you're gonna fail. You haven't went through the struggle. You you haven't heard enough no's to know how to handle a yes. You know, if you already made it and you never struggled to get there, how are you gonna deal with it when you make it and you're struggling while you're there? Mm. So 
I just took that as a big lesson because, and the reason I say that is because there was this other guy who I saw who who made a rap, who who rapped to him in the cipher. He was the guy that went after me, which he did very good, by the way. He did very good. It's not like he was trash or anything like that. He he did good. He probably did. If not he he if not me, he was the best there. I would say, but you could see him like talking to the DJ, talking to Tolk. Like after the meet and greet, that stuff was over because he's trying to. He's trying to look out for himself. He's trying to get some money. He's trying to, you know, get on the on the wave because he's like he was an older guy and stuff. So, but it can come off as like um, th- if you overdo that, it's like what you're saying. You come off as a little less transparent and a little more like, what's this guy's real intention? Like, why exactly. is he really talking to me? Yeah. Like, does he even care that I'm to- like? Does he like me? Does he like my music, or does he or just does know he like I have these, this I many followers and he just wants to? Yeah, because there's a lot of that. Is he like who I am, or does he just like what I have? Yeah, you no, know, there's women like that. There's men like that too. Yes, you know, it's all about status, <laughs> and it's like, you know, to you it was much, much, much more than that. I mean, it's crazy to me too, just to think that like, you know, Tolkien's just a guy. I mean, it, it it's interesting how how much influence we can have on one another in that way like you know because token he's been in your position before i'm sure where he was that guy that was maybe he was that guy to hobson at one point or it's like oh shit i just rapped in front of hobson and now hobson's letting me tour with them and then that's kind of how that whole thing began was was, when they started touring together yes exactly so I just think, and by the way, fun fact, Hobson was actually my first uh, concert that I went to in really? Detroit. Yes. And I will never forget when... Was it at the shelter? I can't remember. But I remember I was standing there and Hobson comes out and he's just like walking, he's just walking through the lobby for some reason. And I made eye contact with those contacts for like a split <laughs> second. I wouldn't forget it because it was the fucking, the white, white contacts yeah. looking right at my eyes. I was like, oh! He looked at me. He saw my face. <laughs> so, but nah, I mean, like, that's dope. Man. It was dope. That it was is, dope. That's, it's just dope to like. You just know these people exist. Yeah, You're not looking at them through a screen. Like, call me a fangirl. Call me whatever you want. But like, I was lit when I saw a token. Man. I bet you were like, it was man, like I he can't was believe Wayne. Kevin Hart's actually that short. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know it was crazy. Like. He he already got the jokes out the way with it. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) it's like uh, B Rabbit with Eight Mile. Like he's already roasting himself, so you can't even roast. The funny thing that was with the Kevin Hart situation, uh, the Kevin Hart um, stand up. It was at the Louis Caesar's Arena, and his openers. I don't know if you know who the Plastic Cup Boys are, Uh but that's just like his boys who open up for him and all that. His long lifetime friends. Okay, they are comedians as well, and um. You know, long story short, there was a fight that broke out in one of the the upper levels of the Little Caesars Arena. And you could see it and all that. And the last opener before Kevin Hart came out, he was like, you know, no, man, what y'all doing up there? Y'all know these tickets are expensive and all this and that. And like, get them out here. I'm going to watch y'all. He was making jokes about it. It's pretty impressive. He was making jokes about it, keeping us calm, keeping us laughing. Well, that was going down. Eventually, security came and got him out. So, boom, fast forward. Kevin Hart come out. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Hart comes out with a big baseball bat. And then he's <laughs> like, hey, we know, of course, we're all screaming. Ah, Kevin Hart, right? He comes out, hey, hey, how y'all doing? Getting the mic stand low for him, you know, for his height and all that. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? It's good to see y'all. Y'all look good. I heard there was a fight that broke out. I got this bat. Because any of y'all want to try it. <laughs> 
I'm small, but this bat is tall. You know what I'm saying? All right. No takers, no takers. Okay. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how was, he started his set. That's how he started it up. It was wow. hilarious. That is great. He, so not only did he include the shortness in the bit, <laughs> but he was also doing crowd work. Yeah. Wild. Talented, man. Yeah. Talented. And comedians, they have to be able to do that too yeah. with the crowd work because you never know what's yeah. going to happen at any Hecklers show. Hecklers. Yeah. Thing that happened with Dave Chappelle, you saw that? Oh yeah, yeah, just yeah, Dave Chappelle, and that was following the whole thing that happened with Chris Rock. But yeah. I mean, not much Chris Rock could do there. But even right. he handled that <laughs> like a god. Yeah, when you really look at that clip, I mean, wow! If you if you got slapped uh, while you're on stage at that type of function, it would be yeah. very hard not to act a fool. So I yeah. mean, but I feel like that's what it is. It's like that comedian heckler training kicking in like oh mm-hmm. can't fuck this moment up yeah can't allow this this even though like it, yeah it, it's very interesting it, it's it's a very good improvisational skill but uh back to the whole thing with uh with 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 artists it's it's mm-hmm. just really interesting that people can have such an influence on us like that to me i mean and, and it makes me think about how I might influence people in ways that I don't understand. And uh, same goes for you in that moment. I mean, like, who knows what thoughts you may have made run through Tolkien's mind. I mean, maybe you, maybe he saw some of himself in you, and that's why he felt compelled to say that to you. Mm-hmm. It's like we have this effect on each other that mm-hmm. it's, it's immeasurable. And I think that it's so fundamental to human interaction in general like there is not a thought that exists without some thought to bounce off of it so we need each other we need yeah. those moments we need uh, to be reminded sometimes of what our value yeah. can be and, and that power that god gives us i mean in yeah. that moment you're reminded like this is what i sent you here to do yeah yeah because i mean not i don't i have to imagine the other people that were there uh sorry if you guys are watching this but I can't imagine that Token said that to each and every one of them. And if he did, let us know in the comments, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. so uh, you got to imagine that that was, he said that to you for a reason. And it's just, it's really, it's a really um, powerful thing, you know? The other thing that makes me think that is, like, even the little moments where it's, like, as you're rapping and Token reacts to your rap, to you, that's a key moment. To him, he was probably just feeling the shit. Like, he was yeah, just feeling yeah. it. But to you, it meant so much more than I'm that. I'm never going to forget that. Yeah. You know? I'm never going to forget that. That's a that's a mark in my career, you know? Yeah. That's definitely a mark. And let's make it just one little insignificant mark on a long career, right? Let's just make that a little notch on the belt. Yeah. Let's not make that the biggest thing because we got so much more yeah, we that we do. got to come, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and with that being <laughs> said, what can people look forward to with uh, any mystery music? Do we have anything in the works? It sounded like you had a little bit cooking up. Sounded like it. I, earlier, you were saying that your newer stuff sounds a little different. I think that's what you were saying. <laughs> so, yeah, um, going forward with me, uh, um I have a few, I have a lot of unreleased music because I never stopped make, you know, making music, right? Like I found the time to write it, you know? So as I've been back, I've just recorded a lot of my unreleased, a lot of my rhythm music. So I have a lot, of, I have a plethora of unreleased music, a lot of things I've been stacking on. I got 
you know, and I got two albums that I had written, not finished or anything like that, but it's it's there. And I got another one I'm working on. So um, what you can expect from me soon is just more of my singles, you know, hopefully another music video. You know who OK Tyler 4K is? Yes. I was speaking with him. And it seemed like he was going to come back into the scene. I was telling him how much I missed him because he's the one that shot my VLO music video. And I loved it. And, um, yeah, so hopefully, you know, him and I get to work together because I don't know what happened to him. He kind of, like, he was on the go, and then he just, like, ghosted again. Like, so, you know, praying for Tyler, whatever he's going through. <laughs> but, man, <laughs> that's my favorite videographer. I hope the feds don't got you, Tyler. I hope that's not <laughs> what happened. But, yeah, what you can expect from me, man, is just expect a different sound for me. I've been um, getting closer with God, and I've been rapping less of um, things that aren't who I really am. I've been trying to stay true to my real life, true to myself. I've been trying to keep my penmanship authentic, so... You might hear, you know, a couple fun music drops on these releases that are most soon, but I'm just kind of weeding them out and getting closer to, like, this new direction, this new wave of mystery. It's going to be more poetic, more lyrical, more um, personal, instead of just, like, a hose, cars, money, you know. That kind of stuff, you know. That's not really who I am. I want to start making music about who I really am, and, you know, that's not me. And you won't find peace in where you don't belong. No, you won't. So my conviction is going to change my sound inevitably, and I'm just going to be the artist that I feel like God really wanted me to be. And what is the ideal version of that in your eyes? Like, what do you see your music being about when you're making the music that represents you? I see it being about um, troubles that I faced that I feel people could relate to. I make a lot of, I've made a lot of music about things I don't relate to. I've made music about a lot of things I want to relate to. I rapped about having a lot of money because I want a lot of money. I rapped about having nice cars because because I wanted nice cars. And I wasn't trying to rap fake or anything like that. I was just trying to rap because about things. I was trying to rap about things that I see myself having in the future. I was trying to speak it in existence because the tongue is powerful. But now I'm going to do a little less of that because I don't think everybody receives it like that. And um, I just want to rap about things I really go through. I want to rap about you know, things like my parents' marriage, you know, and how it had its ups and downs and my perspective of it. So somebody who can relate to it that deal with, you know, parents uh, affecting them by their marriage. You know, I want to rap about, you know, the relationship I have with my brother. Um, You know, my brother, I don't want to, I don't want to throw him under the bus, but he's not in the greatest shape. And, you know, other when I put it into music, other people are going to, you know, know people like that. It might not be their brother, but it might be their cousin or 
their friend or somebody they went to school with, if they see he's not in great shape, and it, it's going to mean something to him. I want to rap about, you know, my sister just had a baby, and, you know, I'm an uncle now, and I'm watching my mom be a grandma for the first time, and she's holding this baby and showing the love. You know, I'm the youngest child, so I'm seeing my mom hold this baby and showing him the love and, you know, nurturing him and feeding him and just 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 showing so, so much love to them. And I'm seeing me in that baby. I'm like, this is how my mom took care of me. This is how my mom raised me. This is how my mom held me. That baby is me right now. And I just want to make a song about it because now I'm looking at my mom from a different perspective. Like, you know, the relationship I have with my mom now is not the same as it was when I was like this little baby when I was everything to her, you know which I'm still everything to my mom, you know, but like, it's just on a different dynamic. Like, you know, a baby has to be protected. The baby has to be shielded, guided, you know, fed, things like that. I'm watching how my mom did all those things to me by now me having a nephew. So I just want to start. That's a good, you know, examples of what my mind is on now. My mind is on things like real things that I live. I see, I have a perspective of, and I want to put it in my music. And hopefully, through my authenticity, I'll gain a more organic audience. More people who can actually relate to what I'm talking about. Because y'all here with me, you know. Y'all not rich like I'm not rich. You know, y'all not exactly where you want to be in life like I'm not exactly where I want to be in life. But together, we all going to figure this thing out and support each other and realize that there's beauty in the struggle. There's beauty in the grind. You know, I watched DC Young Fly say you got to stay persistent. You know, consistency is doing what you're doing. But persistence is doing what you're doing when you're going through something. So just stay persistent, stay consistent, and we all going to figure this out together. And I just want to really paint that canvas through my words. Mm. You know? Yeah. I can't remember where I heard it, but... uh I was listening to somebody recently say that uh, at a certain point in life, they realize their calling is, the purpose in their life is to take the shortcomings that they've had and the struggles they've dealt with and just to give that information to other people. Like, simply that is enough of a purpose. And it's like, you know, I think we externalize our purpose in all sorts of ways like you know oh if i get a bunch of money if i get cars if i'm successful and then you always hear these stories of people who are successful that Mm -hmm. are struggling mentally and Mm -hmm. they haven't reached whatever point they want to reach yet either and it's like i think the only way we can really fulfill ourselves is that is to offer our experience as advice and offer what we know as advice yeah. to one another. And I think people recognize the reality in that too. I think that's what really makes that type of thing connect. Yeah. It's like everybody's secretly looking for something where someone means what they're saying and they're looking for somebody who's who's going through shit like they are. And when somebody's just honest with you and forthcoming about it, mm-hmm. there's something that's validating about that it reminds you that we're all people and it's not like there's some giant curtain where these guys are behind it and we aren't yeah so you know i i think that's a really really valuable thing to learn to do especially as an artist i mean 
It's kind of why I struggle just connecting with a lot of this this bullshit street music type of thing. There's a time and a place for it, and I think that it serves its purpose and it's fun. You know, uh, it's great club music. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, I can't, my my spirit, I feel like, just craves something deeper than that. And yeah. I think that the people who truly create are the people who are searching within themselves for for something that's and 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 that's stuff you described that's stuff that only you could offer you know as in no one else has experienced maybe they've experienced their versions of that but they haven't experienced your experience and whatever you bring to the table might completely change how someone else looks at their situation and it it would only happen if you were honest about that i mean the thing about your mom is really interesting i'm sure a lot of people can relate to that where it's like you know we growing up we can't really put into perspective because all we know is our parents so all we know is what they offer us and then you get older and you realize oh like you didn't grow up like that oh you didn't grow up like that yeah and you see your mom with another kid and that you know you were that age once and you're like oh shit that's what my mom did with me and yeah. it not only does it show you who your mom truly is it shows you who you really are cuz yeah. you got that from that that yeah. you came from that type of nurture and that type of environment yeah. that your parents provide it's really a, a wild thing right to look back and think like damn i really am the way i am because she's who she is exactly yeah yeah. Shout out to moms in the world, yeah. by the way. I know there I know there's some bad moms out there, but <laughs> I gotta say, I gotta say, you moms I think are one of the only things holding this whole place together. We got a lot of crazies, all right? We need more moms. That's what I think. I th- that, that I, I vote that we get more mom if I were president <laughs> <laughs> more moms. We need more moms. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be my platform. That's what I'm gonna run on. More moms, 2024. <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, man. I, I, I just, I think it's really, really, um, it's really hard to do that, though, if you're not somebody who looks at things in a deep way. And I think that's kind of what the beauty is of, of you being able to make that type of art, is you're kind of able to take those people who can't normally look at things in such a deep way and kind of force them to. Mm. I mean, you, you allow them to look through your eyes. Because mm-hmm. I think there's so much to this world, man. There's so mm. much to, mm. the, to creating, and there's so much more perspective than our perspective. It's why it's just so nice to just sit back and listen sometimes, you know, just to yeah. go people watching. Because you never know what someone else is going to say. And I think we learn so much from one another. I think it's, it's yeah. really true. And you can't teach someone unless you offer the information so yeah i mean it's it's yeah it's really important to me to just i mean i I feel like that's why i preach so much it's just because i want to see a world where people just they think a little more man they they Mm. put a little more idea into why they are the way they are and and why everyone else is the way they are i mean like you know, there's a reason that somebody is this way and they don't mm-hmm. have your story. They have their story. And yeah. it's it's really humbling to think about that, in my yeah. opinion. It, it puts us in our own places. 
Right. So, I mean, I, when I write music, my, my whole thing is I just want to create a conversation within people. I want people to have some sort of self-reflection, whether it be positive or negative. They have some sort of conversation, and that could even just be a simple conversation of like, oh, like I, I think that's what great rap does, even when it's just talking shit. It's like that's why Eminem is such a prolific rapper is because his early shit, you had to, he'd say 10 punch lines in a row. Yeah. And it's like he's not, you're not thinking about the words that he said. You're thinking about what he meant by the words that he said. Mm-hmm. And so it's the magic in the middle. It's, yeah. it's what you can put in there and what you can allow those people to take from it. So, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what I like to do. That's that's where I like to put my little, uh, my sauce yeah. somewhere in no, that. that's good. Yeah. That's good. And I and I think it's a mixture of, um, I, I think what you're doing is interesting because it's more, it's similar to what I'm doing, but it's more targeted. Like, you're, you're really offering your experience. I try to be so loosey-goosey that, like, no one's even going to know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> like, that's how I try to write shit. Where it's like, I don't even want you to maybe know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it, there's there's a value to being so forthcoming. I need to get better at that, honestly. I'm not <laughs> very good at being literal in my raps. <laughs> it's hard for me. I'm like, oh, I'm being too straight up. I got to be more mysterious. I got to have funny. more mystery in this. <laughs> Man, you, I don't know which one it was, but you, you had posted one recently. Of you rapping, and I was just like, "Man, this is good." Thank you. <laughs> this is really, really. Do you remember good. how it went? Um, because I'm interested to see which one it was. Maybe it was the. Hey, it's in it. Uh, I feel it fade. Some, some like that. The tennis ray, the in it. Uh, the wither blaze. Anyway, something like that. It was pretty recent, I think. Oh, 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 I should know this. Feel it fade. Oh, <laughs> oh, I should know this. There's something in the fade. The in the, uh, the in the, uh, the in the way. Gosh darn it. I should know <laughs> this. I really should. All right. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to boggle my brain for just a second. No, folks, I'm not stalling. I'm just talking to you. We're just talking. We're just talking. We're just talking. Oh, man, I don't... Oh, okay, yes. I know exactly which one you're talking about. So what I've been doing... This is, by the way, great promo. I'm going to put you on game here. Uh So with TikTok and with social media in general nowadays, I what I used to do when I went on vacations and shit like this is I would go out there and I would film a music video myself, which is whatever. It's just a bitch because... I have to do 12 takes for the verse, 12 takes for the hook, 12 takes for the second verse, like whatever. Enough for a music video, especially because I'm filming it myself, so I have to have enough to work with in the edit. And that was just such a time-consuming thing because not only are we talking about the filming and all this, we're also talking about now I have to take everything and edit it, which is another 10 hours. I'm I'm just not... I don't want to spend 15 hours on a music video. I'd rather be working on music. Yeah. I'd rather be doing this. I'd rather be working on a podcast than yeah. sitting in front of the computer and painstakingly editing a video. It's just yeah. not where my heart is. Mine either. But this, that, what we're talking about now, what made you bring up that song, that's a great way to do it. Because what we do is 
we film the song, we are we we record our song, we have our song, we put our song out, and then rather than which we can film a music video, but the music video is separate. Mm-hmm. We just film twelve mini music videos yeah. for one section of the song. Exactly. And that's how we promote the song. Yeah. Dude. Oh my god. For one, it's just so much better as an editing thing. It's like yeah. now I'm not worried about the amount of time I have to put into all this afterwards because it's not that. It's just a simple edit. Like I set my camera up over there. I rap for 30 seconds and then I do that 10 times in 10 different locations. Now I have 10 different promos for one song. Way more people are going to see those than the amount of people that were going to see the fucking music video to begin with. Yeah. So that's what that was. And um, the little section of that song is uh stuck up in it my village i stalled still for days we hear the sirens i let it absolve feel it fade i feel the violence that squires the walls filled with rage and then invited come to a crawl as i fill a page you should try it do if you're undecided join the crew what troubles you because it's unprovided we divided like a w feed the v revive and watch them bellify and kill to hide the greenery indicted so you find a small that sex. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. Thank you. The Thank W you. divided V the V we ah. And I love that too because that that's just some great crazy. imagery. Like that, you know. It, it's like saying, you know, come together, folks. V yeah. to V reviving. You feel yeah, me? That's you feel crazy. me? Crazy. And I just that was th- crazy. And, and again, that I like that you bring that up because I'm doing exactly that. I'm doing exactly the thing I was describing where. You have no idea what you're fucking talking about. <laughs> like, when you really like look at the words and you're like, okay, so what is he actually saying? It's yeah. up to you. I'm not going to tell you exactly <laughs> what I was saying because that's the magic of it. That's yeah. the magic of it. Like I can try to I can I can try to make some sense of it, but like I'll say it here. I'll say it here cuz like I don't know how many people are actually going to see this. Uh I was on a decent amount of mushrooms when I wrote that. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty decent amount. A decent amount. Yeah. So, uh... (laughs) (laughs) Pretty decent amount. (laughs) Yeah, a hefty sum. And I will say, like, that was... Not that that, like made it the way it is, but uh, it it really helps. It It really, like... I felt like I was really capturing something with that one. Like, I was reaching into the bag and pulling something out. Mm. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I, I just, I think that, and, and I think psychedelics and, and, and experiences like those, even even religious experiences, they they trigger that same thing in me where it's like, I love that explorative function of art. I love that idea that, you know, I'm not giving it all to you in excess. I, I want you to be a part of the process. And I think that's like the beauty of the spiritual experience is like you're not you don't fully understand it, but it is still magical and it still has value. It's just like it's up to you mm-hmm. to pull from that whatever you want to pull from it because it could mean so many different things. Same thing like religious experiences, you know, like God spoke to me and God said this. Like who's to say that he didn't because it's yeah. such a personal thing. And I think we all have these types of personal experiences. And Yeah. Yeah, I, I just love to capture 
that type of thing. That's what that's what I think that my music is all about. And that's what I think the art is all about. I'm just trying to grab my little pocket of it. And um, yeah, yeah, not to go on. Not to har can't even speak. I can't. It's past Ruse's bedtime, folks. All right, this is a late podcast. It's giving pretty late. I'm sorry. Oh, you're all right. It's just usually I try to do these things at like 8 a.m. And uh, yeah, Ruse is like he's 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 getting older, guys. Like let me tell you, I st- I've started to like going to bed at 10:30 lately. It's kind of wild. Yeah. I don't know how to. I don't. I hate to. <laughs> Break it to you guys, but like, there's just something nice about getting up at like 7:30 in the morning as the sun rises. It just feels so good, and knowing you got nine hours of sleep, ooh, <laughs> ooh, ain't nothing comparing to that. Ain't nothing. I'm just being real, and all the, like the kids watching this, they don't fucking understand what I'm saying at all. I know. I was one of you guys. I used to stay up till fucking. 6 a.m. in the morning and then get up at 1 p.m. Like, no, I could not do it now. I'm an old man now. Bro, I used to go to bed like 4 in the morning and get up like 7 in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Like for school. I know. know, And it wasn't shit. Yeah. I'll be good the entire... Let me do that now and go to work. (laughs) (laughs) bro. I'm getting fired. (laughs) You don't want to talk to that guy. That's my last day. Yeah, I, dude, I would just call in. I would just call in now. Like, if I fucking got three hours of sleep, I'm calling in. I'm not going. You don't it's want me. was best. <laughs> yeah. I understand. I'm helping you guys out. Like, you're telling me to come in? I don't think you get what's going on here. It, it's just like, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if it's placebo, because I've learned a lot more recently about, like, how important sleep actually is. Mm-hmm. I've learned a lot of about like, you know, how Ruse is trying to cut down on the on the marijuana even, guys. I gotta tell ya. Oh, yeah. I gotta tell ya. Cause I what got me is I saw somebody say, shout out Matt Walker. Uh he's a neuroscientist, I believe, but he focuses on sleep. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that marijuana negatively affects your sleep. And I was like the frustrating part about it is I had never heard somebody properly explain the phenomena of that because I went through a breakup once where it was terrible breakup. It was, I dated the girl for about four years and we broke up. I was heartbroken. And in that same time I decided, you know what, I'm going to stop smoking weed for a little bit. I'm going to take this as a sign. Like we're going to make a change here. And I couldn't sleep. I had insomnia. And I thought it was because I was heartbroken. And then a year and a half later, I decided to take another break from THC. And lo and behold, I get insomnia again. And so what happens is the THC suppresses REM sleep. And it also is a sleep aid in the sense that it lulls you to sleep. Like it makes you fall asleep, but you don't sleep as deeply. So if you just cut the THC out cold turkey, maybe for the first few days you'll get good sleep but if we're if you're like me and you were smoking daily it's like dude i've never had insomnia before and i it was torture like you're just laying there and you know you're tired yeah. but you just can't sleep you're it's you no choice there's nothing you can do you just gotta lay there and maybe you can get up and do something else but like no you you're not gonna fall asleep for a long time wow and the other <laughs> thing that occurs that is 
fucking wild is you have the most vivid dreams of your life. Now, dude, I had dreams. This is the second time I quit. I don't know if this happened the first time I quit. I had dreams that felt more real than real life. Like, I don't know how to describe it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, I woke up like, holy shit. Like, that was, it almost felt like a religious experience. Like, how, I can't even describe it, dude. They were the craziest dreams, and they felt so fucking enlightening. And so it was like, okay, if this is what happens when I don't smoke weed, then obviously... Like this is very valuable, and and then I'll, now I'm so conscious of it. Now when I smoke, anytime I smoke, I'm like, all right, well, there goes my fucking sleep tonight. <laughs> and it's real, man. It's real. What now that you know? I don't know how often you smoke, but I I would like for you to try to pay attention to this because it is fucking real, man. I don't I don't smoke. I don't. Good smoke, for you. But I've seen, I've definitely seen, um, like other people try to quit and it makes sense now it's it's a pretty common trait how you just explained it to me makes it make more sense but i've noticed people when they don't have any weed or anything like that they um they can't sleep i have definitely noticed that so i know what you're saying is pretty true but it's not common knowledge it was just fucking blows my mind yeah like i experienced this and i had no frame of reference at all i didn't even know it was only the second time that it happened that i made the connection like oh it's the weed but you didn't even think it was you didn't even yeah thought it's because of what you were going my heartbreak my 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 breakup but no no dude fucking i mean i could have probably slept just fine if i would have smoked some kush (laughs) 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 but i mean like you know everything has its pros and cons i mean what's interesting about it to me is that it's very similar to alcohol in that sense. I mean, alcohol, you don't sleep very well either. The other thing that gets me is motherfuckers will seriously try and tell you that weed has no downsides. Weed is is, is a totally... Everything is good about weed. Weed's the best thing that's ever existed in humankind. And it's like, bro, like, you're saying that because weed makes you feel like that. Like, yeah, when I smoke weed, I think this is fucking... I This feels great. But until you get that contrast, you can't. Because most of the people who smoke weed every day that say that have not went a month without smoking weed in the last <laughs> ten years of their life. Like most of the time, it's hard, yeah. dude. It, I'm happy for you that you don't smoke because it's it's a it is a vicious cycle, bruh. It's hard to quit smoking THC, and I don't want to hear none of y'all tell me different. Okay, <laughs> it's hard. Man, I it's mean, a, you why, start fiending. Why do you want to quit completely? I don't want to quit completely. Oh, I just okay. want to do it in moderation. Okay. I think everything's better in moderation. I feel like you know, you can do whatever you want to do. You know, for anybody who does, you know, any any drug. I'm not supporting or not supporting any drug or whatever. I you support do. the power of choice. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I just feel like you know, just don't be. Don't let anything take control of you. Like, if you're feeling like you need it, you can't go on your day without it, that's a problem to me. And that's kind of why I never really got, like, you know, started smoking weed or, you know, started drinking and implemented implemented it as, like, a thing I do on occasion, even on occasion in my life, because 
like I've had my experiences with that stuff, but it didn't last. I, it didn't stick with me because I'm just too scared of feeling like that. You know, feeling like man, I I feel like smoking today. I I feel like man, he just he just cutting the line. bro. I'm finna go home and roll up. Like I never wanted to, you know, have. I didn't. I never wanted any substance to have that kind of impact on me. And I just feel like if it has that impact on you, I always just kind of looked at that as an issue. Like, don't you want to be in full control of your mind, of your body? But I'm not. I'm not trying to offend nobody. Or no, you like got that. a good point. But man. that's just why. That's just why I don't smoke. That's just me, you know. And I just, you know, hope that you know people who do smoke weed or you know or whatever you do just don't be in denial of the situation just be aware if you have some sort of substance that like has a lot of control over the way you think control over how you act in public or you know your motivation to do things in life you know be yeah, you don't want to rely on shit. Too. Exactly. Like, you don't want to feel like you need it in order to be yeah. your best. It's a lot of it's a. If we go back to music, it's a lot of rappers who cannot go to a studio session without getting high first. It's like, bro, it's that's sad to me. That is sad. That's sad. Like you know, you should be able to write music whenever high, sober, drunk. <laughs> yeah, like, you should always be able to do your art. So, it's just crazy. Like, I know people who, who got to get high before they work out. Like, that's kind of a problem to me. You know, you have to do something in order to do something. And it also, like, puts guardrails around the working out or around the recording music. Like, oh, yeah, I'd love to record music, but I don't got any weed right now. Or... Yeah, so I'm not going to do it today. Exactly. I do it, uh, okay, next Monday. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? I mean, like, I like to think of it, too. I mean, like, it's almost like I can't. I heard someone religious say this, and I think with the way they were saying it was a little bit preachy, but, like, the whole idea, the sentiment behind it was a good sentiment. They were saying, like, when you smoke weed, like, you, weed becomes its own God, and you lose touch with God. Like, yeah, you make a god out of it. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, of course, they were talking in, in straight Christian terms, but yeah, yeah. I, you can expand that to a, a, a spiritual belief. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, we have this anchor, we have this this god that's guiding us in some direction, and then we go and we do a substance, and it's like we get distracted from that. We lose sight of that. I mean, yeah. if, one thing that I think weed does more than a lot of things is it promotes complacency. And you can just see this all over the place. I think if you're a guy who wants to smoke weed all the time, like, you got to look at the people who do it right. Like, look at Snoop Dogg and Joe Rogan, okay? Like, those guys, they smoke weed all the time, but they're also working all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like. They made it the part of the image. Yeah. You know what I mean? They and, and they didn't let it impede upon the shit they were already doing. They just yeah. smoke along the way. Yeah. Like if you want to be some guy who smokes weed every day, but you also want to get shit done, get the shit done before you smoke the weed or fool your brain into allowing yourself. Because, dude, I'm, I'm not that guy. I, I mean, I struggle with it. I will be like, I'll be getting shit done. I'll be having a productive-ass day, and then I'll smoke some weed. I'll be like... Shit, man, I don't want to go outside. I don't want anyone to see me right now. I just want to watch some fucking Breaking Bad and eat some chips and salsa. 
<laughs> There's no reason for oh me to do God. anything else. <laughs> it's, it's, and it makes me complacent. It makes me lose sight of the power that God gave me, you know? Because if I'm not in that state, I'll be like, shit, dude, like, time's a waste. I got to <laughs> fucking get to it. Yeah. It's going to be 10 years, and I'm going to have regrets. So I got to get this shit done. Whereas, like, I smoke a little weed, I'm like, fuck all that. <laughs> fuck was I talking about? Oh, man. So it's like, but I think it's all about a balance. Like I say, it's all about moderation. Like, my whole thing now is I'm thinking two days a week, two days a week. That's a fair amount that way, for one, I'm not just, for one, I'm saving money. <laughs> I mean, it's let's be real. a lot of people, yeah. And the other thing is, I'm just, I'm not allowing it to become such a key, because that's, I, I really relate to what, the point you just made about not wanting to have something be like your anchor, something that's holding you down, mm -hmm. where you want to be in control. I struggle with that, be, and I see it in myself. It's like, oh, this thing kind of takes over and then I allow it to take control and then I feel aimless when mm. really it's like if I just take control of that situation myself, give myself guidelines two days a week, then all of a sudden I feel fucking ten times more productive because I'm not, mm. I don't feel like I'm a slave to my yeah. own fucking wants, you know? It's yeah. It's hard. It, it, it's really good for you. That's why I say I'm, I'm happy for you because it sounds like you've got a good handle on it. It sounds like you figured that shit out pretty yeah. early and then you just didn't fuck with that shit. Well, you know, I had a good conversation with one of my closest friends and I was telling him that I was thinking about, like, I want to smoke. I want to drink. This is before I had, like, any experience. Like, I want to. Like, I want to be more... I want to I want to party more like I, I I was feeling like this you know I was feeling like I want to fit in more and um this is a another friend who've never tried anything you know or if he did you know it was like a one-time experience kind of thing and he was just like he just talked me out of it bro he was just like you know you the why like why why do you need to do that to fit in like I don't need to do that to fit in like Cause he's a very he's a very funny guy and all that. So like you know he's a pleasure to be around and all that. And he just said the words like I'm lit without it. And I don't know why, but when he said that, it just made me think like my sole purpose of doing of 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 smoking weed and drinking alcohol was to fit in, be more of a vibe at a party, not be the oddball in events where everybody is getting high and getting drunk and all that you know hotel party stuff like that like i just want to like have this part of my life to you know fit in and all that but we said like why you need that all that like uh, you know you still enjoy to be around like I'm, I'm lit without it it just made me think like you know what you're right i at least my reason for wanting to start doing it was invalid after that because I consider myself to be, you know, an entertaining person in public events and, you know, humorous and all that. And it just, it just made me think, like, why start it? You know, I'm lit without it. Yeah. You know, I'm, I perform well without it. I'm funny without it. I'm, I write good music, you know, without it. I can't have a good time at a party without it. 
So when I started thinking like that, I never really, I never went full throttle with like trying it or going to places where they're doing this and that and just create these memories that I probably regret later in life. So, and it sucks to regret those types of memories because like half of them you barely remember. So you regret <laughs> it, but you don't even remember making the decision to do it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I did what? I said what to you? That wasn't me. Yeah. That was evilry. <laughs> it's my arch nemesis. Oh man. I mean like yeah, that's 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 a that's a very pure story, my friend. Very pure. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean like I I think a lot of people have that same experience and they don't even really they're not even honest enough with themselves to admit it. Like a lot of people do stuff like that, do do uh, substances or just use drugs in general as a method of fitting in and as a method of, you know, like, I don't want to be the odd one out. Like, in my opinion, if you're doing a drug, if you're choosing to use a substance, it should be based upon, like, do you want to have that experience or do you not want to have that experience? Like... Is that what you personally want to have happen? Mm. It, do you want to be in that state of mm. mind? Mm. It should not be in the, the realm of thought, should not yeah. even have anything to do with anybody else. Like, you shouldn't be thinking, how am I going to look to fucking that guy or that guy? They don't care. They're high. <laughs> they don't right. care what you're doing. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and, and the other thing is, people build up this concept in their head they're going to be lame if they say no. No, dude, the guy who acts like you're lame because you said you weren't going to smoke is the guy who's lame. Like, if I get past a joint and I say, nah, I'm good, most of the time, they just hit the joint again. They don't give a <laughs> fuck that I'm not going to hit the joint. They don't yeah, care. More for them. More for them, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that's what I usually think when someone says no. I'm like, shit, okay, I thought we were going to share this joint. <laughs> it's all for me? <laughs> Damn, I rolled a fat one, too. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you know it, it's i think that people just like they don't they think too much about what other people are gonna think of them i think just in general in life i think everybody's so fucking worried and and the, the real truth of the, the matter is most people don't give a fuck about what you're doing at any given moment they just don't care they're so wrapped up in their own shit They've got all their own lives to worry about. They don't care mm -hmm. if you decided to do this or not. They're going to forget what you said tomorrow. <laughs> they don't care. Yeah. They got other shit. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, your friend had great advice because that really is the truth of it. It's like, it, it, do you need it? And if the answer is no, then the answer is no. If you don't need it, you don't need it. And if you don't yeah. want it, then absolutely don't do it, you know? Yeah. Like, if the truth in your heart is that you don't even actually desire it, it's like, why even fucking yeah. take the risk of trying to fucking fit in? Cause, just to be cool. Yeah. That's, that was my purpose. I just wanted to be cool. And I think, like, you dodged a bullet in the sense that that's where the habits start. That's where you really develop a habit of it. And, you know, if you can just say no, as they say, if, if you really can just say no, then you... It almost I feel like it, another really important thing, and I think I see this a lot in a lot of straight edge people, is that you get these uh, you get people who are very determined and very 
they, they, they're strong in their beliefs. Like if you can just say no to something like that, it's a lot easier to say no to other bullshit too. Like you're just not going to take shit anymore. Like you, you recognize how temporary a lot of shit is and how you, you can, it's also very easy to spot addictive behavior Mm -hmm. when you keep yourself away from it. Like, like Mm -hmm. when you're the guy who doesn't smoke weed or drink alcohol and you're at the party with everybody who's drunk Mm -hmm. and everybody who's high, you're like, damn bro. Like these guys do not act like this at 2 PM. Yeah. And it's way easier to spot it when you're that guy. And it, it it, it puts a lot more into perspective. You know, it allows you to take shit more seriously. I feel like, and that's valuable. That's a real skill. I think people nowadays are just fucking just whipping just, their dick out and taking pictures for Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> they don't give a fuck anymore. It's a crazy world we live in, man. Ooh, that was a curveball. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've really thought about doing stand-up. I think I could pull it off. Problem is, like, I'd have to develop a set, and I just don't know if I can be Kevin Hart. I just don't think I can be. It's gotta be Ruse, bro. I gotta be Ruse. That's right. Gotta be Ruse. I'm not Kevin Hart. I'm Ruse. I think you should try it. I think so. I thought about doing it too. It'd be fun. I don't know. I think you could do it. You got the confidence for it. Yeah, I'd be. I I wrote some. I'm mental. I took mental notes of some things I'll probably put in a bit. Like I thought it'd be funny if I um, talked about like. I had an idea. I had a joke. It's not designed, but I had like a joke idea about two homeless people. <laughs> I like the beginning. Like I like where we're going. Fighting over the same <laughs> intersection. Because <laughs> I witnessed. I, you, you ever seen like two homeless people in the same intersection though? Like they... One's here and one's like over there at facing the other way, and they both got signs up. And I'm like, I wonder if they ever get annoyed with each other. Yeah, especially if, if one's more in... successful than the other. Yeah, I wonder if like they ever get into arguments. And I just thought that was a funny concept. I wonder if one of them has to be there like at a certain time, or else the other one's gonna take his spot. You know what I'm saying? It's There's gotta be some of... crazy ass dynamics to that yeah. situation. That's a great bet. You could build on that for sure. Somebody finna steal it. Hey, yeah, now, now that you said it. it in public, right? We have like ten hack comics that are like writing the shit down right now. Like, I thought it was a gold. funny concept. I, I be thinking of stuff like that all day. Like if it's not going in a song, it's is going in a stand up. <laughs> I th- dude, I I think it's probably just like rap, where it's like you know the we could just put it on hold forever, but it is just as simple as getting on a stage and just doing it, right? Just do it, man. Comedy's so weird, though. It's just, I feel so weird if I was on a stage just simply trying to get people to laugh. That's so much different than what I'm used to. I'm so used to, I'm used to going up there and just rapping and being my weird-ass self for 20 minutes and <laughs> letting you get what you want from that. But, like, as a comedian, you have to play an audience. It's a lot more of a, it's a lot more of an intimate relationship yeah, with the crowd, I think. I feel like... What I've noticed, because I watch a lot of stand-up comedy. Me too. If you know this, most comedians, the good ones, you know, the established ones, they have a message, an overall message or overall thing they're actually saying to you. It's not a bunch of random jokes, you know, trying to, you know, see if this one hit, that one hit, that one hit. Like, actually have 
a message and like through that you know you can have jokes in it make it mm. funny but the overall point what are you saying to them what did, how how do they leave better from which they came you know what i mean i noticed that a lot with dave Chappelle, with kevin hart with um louis ck it's a good one louis ck bill burr i learned a lot from bill burr you know so just yeah i think that's the art in comedy and stand-up comedy is that you are you have an overall theme and you had a message at the end and it all ties together we had a good time we we made some jokes but like most of the jokes and all that change your perspective and have a new way of thinking yeah and i think it's underlining you know what i mean yeah yeah and the best comedians are really able to um poke at the absurdity of a lot of the way that we look at things like that th- yeah. just the act of poking at the absurdity makes is you, what makes you reflect yeah, yeah exactly exactly and i don't think a lot of people realize that that's actually what they're doing yeah and, and they're really intelligent people that's yeah. the other thing is like you have to be fucking next level in order to yeah. do that because not only are you able to like tightrope walk this fucking uh difficult topic but you're also able to get people to reflect in a way that they would not do in any other format yeah i mean like it's like fucking uh you gotta with with dave Chappelle in particular he is a fucking god at that when it comes to like like he's my favorite comedian yeah he's 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 just a monster dude like he's he's not even comparable to probably the next 10 people in line (laughs) when it comes to like his ability to go on stage and talk about a controversial topic in a way that everybody's going to be like yeah he's he's right like everybody's just gonna be like yeah he's got a point though even if you disagree with most of what he said you're still like well i do see exactly what he's saying (laughs) (laughs) makes sense yeah makes makes sense sense and I think that that's like the true genius of it is mm-hmm. like I think that's what humor exists to do fundamentally. It's just mm-hmm. humor is the ability to laugh at ourselves. Humor is the ability to. That's why it's so silly to this new concept. That's why none of these PC comedians, these woke comedians, are ever really gonna be able to do much because comedy is making fun of things. You can't have inclusive comedy. It doesn't yeah. exist. Yeah. Like we're making fun. Of ever the inclusiveness is the idea that I'm gonna make fun of you and you and you and you. <laughs> I'm not gonna exclude these people because these right. people are off limits. Like no, that means you should make fun of them, and that's right. why like um Bring. you often hear that comedians. I think the whole I concept is comedians are the canaries in the coal mine, meaning that can, comedians when they go out, that's how you know it's gonna be bad. Like if they say we can't have the comedians. That's how you know shit's really going south because the comedians are the ones that are really going to poke at like the most absurd things in our society, and we need that. Where it's like okay, yeah. If we don't have that, that's fucking scary, dude. Comedians are the ones that are that allow us to like, oh yeah, that is bullshit. That this guy does. I mean, like George was it George Carlin? I don't want to get his fucking name wrong. George Carlin, he is one of the OGs when it comes to comedy that that pokes at a spiritual truth but also is just good comedy same with bill hicks Hmm. bill hicks is fantastic at approaching social political topics Mm -hmm. but yet doing it in a way where it's like 
it's it's Bill Hicks. If you haven't heard of Bill Hicks, I highly recommend it. He's a lot of comedians' favorite comedian. I mean, really? yeah, he's 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 crazy good. I'm gonna check him out. I watch a lot of comedy. I'm gonna yeah. check him out. Bill Hicks is uh, one of those guys you hear about a lot from the greats, and it's just that he's able to. He's he, he he kind of flipped it on its head where it's like he just talked about shit that nobody else was willing to talk about at that point in time, and he made it a comedy routine where it's like. And, and nowadays, it's it's way more popular to say, talk about fucking, I don't know, the government and the government does this. And, uh, you know, we live in a society where uh, the president can fucking, he's, the president's an idiot and this and that. Like, everybody kind of just agrees how, how absurd the whole system is now. Whereas yeah. back then, it was like you only had these news sources that would just tell you, hey, everything's fine. Wow, there's like fucking poison in the water or whatever's going on. Mm -hmm. And everybody just kind of didn't talk about shit. And then Bill Hicks goes out there and has a whole comedy routine where he's just basically protesting <laughs> through comedy. Yeah. And it's fuck, it's just genius because <laughs> not only are people laughing because he's funny, yeah. but they're also hearing so much truth in what he says. Um, I don't know, have you did you listen to Tool growing up at all? Have you listened to Tool, the band Tool? Mm -mm. Oh, they have a song where they sample a Bill Hicks bit, and the bit is all about, like, you know, how people wanted to get rid of, uh, they wanted to make drugs illegal, and drugs are bad, and this and that, he's talking about the war on drugs, and then he says, like, those people, what they need to do is go to all their favorite records and just throw them out, because every single person that made that music <laughs> in the 70s was high as fuck. <laughs> they were all so high. Yeah. So it's like... He's able to find the humor in such serious yeah. topics. And I, I think that, like, you know, that's just some, it, it's something we need. And it's something that I think, I, I think comedy is, is seriously so valuable. Yeah, I really yeah, do. I agree. I, I agree really, so. really do. I love, I love comedy mm -hmm. so much. Uh, I could tell you my favorite comedians uh, Theo Vaughn, he's up there. Uh, okay. Uh, who else we got? Theo Vaughn, Mark Normand. 100%. Mark Norman is fantastic. Okay. Um, Russell Brand's not exactly a comedian these days, but I, I do like what he's been doing. He's, he's very funny. He's still very funny, but yeah. he's been doing a lot different types of content. Um, Norm MacDonald, crazy good. Uh, I don't know. None of you. Wow, dude. I don't think I know. I'll probably have to see their faces. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think you might know some of them. But if not, I highly recommend you check them out after the podcast. Because I'm telling you, these guys are good. These guys are good. Ruse does not recommend some bullshit. Ruse likes the good stuff. Okay. <laughs> um, and let's see if there's one more. I want to have at least five people on my list. Let's say Shane Gillis. Shane Gillis is great, too. He's a newer guy. I will say, too, though, this is somebody I know you know because you brought him up. Bill Burr. Bill Burr's great. Yeah, I, I think um, I like some of his earlier stuff a little more than the newer stuff he's done, but I don't know. I didn't check out his new thing on Netflix, Paper Tiger. I haven't seen that yet. So I can't remember. He has so many Netflix specials. I begin. I don't remember the names. I begin to mix up because I ain't watching them in order and all that. You know what I mean? I just kind of watch them. Oh, you're a madman. Yeah. Because I mean, usually they're talking about like topics around that time. So you're like, yeah. man, why the fuck is he talking about? Colin Kaepernick. Oh, this is 2015. <laughs> oh. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I'll check the year out, but yeah. Yeah. Who, who's your f favorite comedians if you had to list them? You got a list for me? 
Oh man. Okay, my top five. Ooh, I don't know. Um I think okay, number one. Now I know I said Dave Chappelle is my favorite, oh, but he's not necessarily. Did I leave him out? I just feel Dave. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Of course, Dave Chappelle. My first one would be Bernie Mac. Ooh, throwback. I think Bernie Mac is like the funniest comedian ever. Uh, man, <laughs> he just—it's just how he engaged the crowd in seconds. That was amazing to me. Um. I would go with Bernie Mac at number one. Number two. Um. <laughs> it's all, it's so hard. Yeah, they don't, don't have to be in order. Okay. Yeah. After after Bernie Mac, there's no order. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but Bernie Mac's um, number one for you. Yeah. We'll go with Dave Chappelle, Kevin Hart. It's just what they've done, you know? Just what they've done. Like, they've really... Um, honestly, this might surprise people, but in my top five, I got to put a... Uh... I, I don't know if he's going to be in my top five. Maybe it's an honorable mention, but honorable mention, we'll go with... um. What's his name? Oh, my gosh. What's his name? Um... Dude, he had that show. He had a show. He's a white comedian. He's like in his sixties now. He's one of the richest comedians. It's not Louis C.K., is it? No, it's not Louis C.K. He had a show. It's, um, Sign. It's Jerry Seinfeld. I ain't gonna lie. Oh, Jerry Seinfeld is hilarious to me. Yeah, like, even his show. I don't know if you saw his stand-up comedy recently that he had dropped, like maybe a year or two ago. Oh no, he's still doing stand-up like yeah. that, like specials. Well, yeah, he did a special. Oh. He was like, let's be honest, I could be anywhere in the world right now. I don't have to be on stage checking out another one of these. <laughs> it you was know he's hilar- right, too. <laughs> Yeah, it was so true. It was hilarious. So we'll be we'll have an honorable mention for Jerry Seinfeld. Um, so I said Bernie Mac, Dave Chappelle, Kevin Hart. There's a comedian, his name is um his name is uh <sighs> He might be second funniest to me. Um, Lavelle Crawford. Oh, I've you know, heard Lave- a lot of him, yeah. but I ha- I'm not. I probably heard one of his vi- bits before. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. <laughs> it's just how he talks, bro. That's it. You it's, think it's a lot of it's like his rhythm? Ooh. Yeah, it's it's like like just how he just cadentially set up. It's just how he talks. He talks like that. It, he just talks funny. Like the, the, I think he is funny, but how he talks make it so much more. Funny. I would recommend Theo Vaughn for the same reason. That's why yeah. he's so he's so naturally <laughs> funny. Like yeah. he doesn't yeah. even have to try. It's so natural. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll check him out because that's how Lavelle is. Lavelle probably the second funniest on my list because it's just so it's just so natural. And if I chose a fifth person. Honestly, I think I'm going to put Steve Harvey. Mm, I have not seen any of his stand-up. Yeah, I I think a lot of people tell me that they don't think Steve Harvey is that funny, but I think Steve Harvey's pretty funny because he relates to, like, 
he just had many jokes of him trying to like be this super Christian. And I remember he's like, but I just can't stop cussing. I just can't let it stop. I just, every time I try, how do y'all live like this? I remember he was like, if you wake up at four in the morning and you get out of bed and you stub your toe, oh Lord. Like you was just like, you were just going in. Like, I think Steve Harvey is hilarious. He I can like hear that, Steve Harvey saying that. I that could tell you, you almost the had the Steve Harvey cadence down right yeah, there. Yeah, like, bro, he is hilarious <laughs> to me. So, yeah. He's so funny. I grew up watching Family Feud, and he was totally <laughs> yeah. the highlight of that. He was the main reason I was watching the show. Yeah. Dude. He's got such a great personality. I think that, like, Steve Harvey is one of those guys where, like, he, even though he said some, like, silly shit, it doesn't matter because he's Steve fucking Harvey, dude. He's so naturally charismatic. Yeah. He could say whatever he wants, and it's yeah. like, he could go Kanye on us, and it's like, okay, well, you're still Steve Harvey, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't take that away man. from you. Man, 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 <sighs> man. Okay, all right. You got any any uh, any topics you wanted to hit on on the podcast? I mean, we can wrap whenever. If you got anything that you wanted to make sure to talk about, now would be a good time to lay it on them. Because I don't know, um, I don't I don't know if there's anything we we really should hit. Man, I just came here for a, a nice conversation with you, man. Um, we talked about pretty much. I definitely want to talk about the token experience. Um, shout out to Faint Crew. You know, fan crew, we're doing our thing. Rocco, I know Rocco and uh, Kobe was up here recently, right? Yeah. So that's nice. Um, you know, now now Ree's here, so we got to get we got to get Tyrone in here, man. We got to get uh, <laughs> um, gotta get YJM for YJM, yeah, and uh and uh Trey Bands. You know what I'm saying? We gotta get them in here. Um, it would be it would be very nice to see that. And, um, Maybe not all at once. I don't know if they'd all fit on the Oh, couch. no, not all at once. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Give them they shine whenever the time is right and um, or whenever y'all build a nice relationship with each other and things like that. I think Faint Crew is booked again sometime in May. Woo! We talking so, Flint Local or we yeah, talking? All right. Um, so that's exciting. Um, so May, uh, my, my birthday's coming up on the 19th. I'm getting married. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I propose to case September 1st. So our uh, wedding is on August 25th. Oh, damn. So we ain't so, being engaged for five years. We're going to make nah, that wedding happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So I'm, I'm ready. You know, I've known it for like almost seven years. Yeah, so in so, that sense, it's kind of been a long time coming. Yeah, it's not like I've known it for, you know, a little while and was like, let's get married, you know? <laughs> I've known it for, like, you know, almost seven, like, half my life, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, a little over half my life, so I know I'm young getting married, but I love her, man. She, um, I love her. She's the one for me, for sure. So, yeah, so I'm getting married in August, Fan crew booked in May. Um, um, staying tuned for my new music coming out. You know, it's going to be... You're going to hear some stuff that comes out where I was still on what I was on in the past. But, like, with the music to come, I'm really going to just make more authentic, pure sound and music that's coming from my heart, not just coming from my mind. 
And, um, and yeah, bro, I appreciate you having me on the podcast for number two. And uh, whenever you have me back, bro, just say the word. All for right. Sure. I feel like it'll be a little less than two years this time. <laughs> I feel like we can make it a little bit shorter of a wait for the people, you know what I'm saying? Oh, man. Yeah, I, I get a lot of love, man. I get a lot of people saying, why haven't you been dropping music and all that? I'm very, very blessed to have a nice support team and people really listen to my music. Sometimes I, sometimes I got to be reminded of that. that people really listen to my music and they really care for another song. And um, you got to put, you got, as an artist, you know, that's growing or content creator or whatever you do, when you have an audience that's watching you, you got to take accountability and responsibility over your releases. You know, you got to drop and give people what they want. You know, how are you going to satisfy a million fans if you can't even satisfy the 10 that's waiting on you? Wow. That's how you got to look at it. You know, you got to post as if you got millions of followers, even if you only have 10. Post for those 10 people. Those 10 people going to multiply. So, yeah, man. Appreciate you for having me, bro, for sure. Appreciate you for being here. All yes, right, sir. I would I would go ahead and say some sweet things, but I really like the way you wrapped it all up right <laughs> there. That was nice. So with that all being said, folks, thank you for being here. If you watched through this whole thing, you're awesome. We appreciate you. you whoop, whoop. You're a real one. You are the king of the coop for this podcast. The coop, what am I talking about? The coop troop. You are my chickens. You are my roosters. It is what it is. All right, thank you guys. Thank you everybody for being here. Thank you for coming over, Mr. Ree. Always happy to have you on the podcast. What is the podcast? It is Roos Radio. Clocking out.